podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation, the greatest podcast this side of the Gamma Quadrant for all things Deep Space Nine. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. And I am not your daughter. <laughs> That's a great one to use now. Uh, yes, it is now that we know where it's from. Uh, I gotta say, right off the top, this guy that I'm working with here. He's yawning. He's his brain's not working. He, he fucking he calls it. He says, "All right, we're starting the show." It's like he comes alive. It's like you know that other guy didn't even exist. It's crazy. Well, he'll be back. <laughs> All right. Well, midway through the hails, he'll probably start to fade a little bit. <laughs> That'll pick it up. Well, you got the, you uh, got about two and a half hours today. I oh, really wow. did a bad job. I should you warn guys, everybody. So communicative, we appreciate it. <laughs> you all, you all know that Matt will jot down. Uh, maybe I'll even do it for the uh, for the Patreon, the uh, <laughs> the uh, the end of the saucer section. If you want to skip ahead, I mean, um, I feel like we should call them. They're just their own runabouts now, you know. Yeah, the, each hail, <laughs> each 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 hail section, I guess, is like three runabouts. Yeah. The Ganges. Uh, yeah, okay, so let's get into the show proper. And uh, hey, before we do, I don't no, know if this no is... Where, when we have a thing, just to make this even longer, I figure I'll do this now because, um, you know, you'll be even more intolerant at the end. Um, when I got a poll that I've run, where should yeah. that go to poll? Where should that go? Should it go here or should it go... I mean, that seems Haley, but like oh, I don't okay, mind having then. a I don't have mind having a poll section. I don't mind waiting. You know, you're right. That's where we hear from from the crew. So you're right. So right. that should go in the hail section. Fair enough. Uh that said, we now can talk to them about whether or not they should watch this episode. Andy will no. go first. No, no, no. No, no we and don't do that. You the might Admiral's know Club? What are we doing? No, Matt, Matt. This is where this is where the tiredness set in. You have like three segments to go before you get to that. <laughs> No, that's not true. <laughs> well, first we have to find out if they're going to watch the episode, or we what we think they whether we think they should watch the episode. That's what I was playing. Oh, oh, I thought you were you were just going into what they think. Isn't that how you oh. framed it? No, no, no. Oh, well, then I'm I'm in the wrong. Well, I might have framed it like that because I'm that tired. I, right. I thought what I, my brain was trying to say was this is the part of the show where we tell you whether or not you should bother with this episode. I'll be curious to go back and find out which one it was. We'll never know. Well, this here has seems reasonable. Andy, would you have them watch this episode? You know what? I'd say skip. It's just another imagination one. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? My nipples! (laughs) Interpret that how you wish. (laughs) Well, I mean, that was my way of saying it's a lot like 
that episode move along home right in which the nipple quote oh, came from yeah. that's a, that's a and really i was assuming everybody understood what i meant when i said i that. think probably all of them did i did not uh now it's the admiral's club andy i hope you're ready Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and join the Admiral's Club. Man, how do they get into the Admiral's Club? It's pretty easy, Andy. They just leave a five-star review of this podcast. Wherever your pods are caught, at any podcatcher app you got, rate us five stars, write whatever you want. You're in the Admiral's Club. Andy might read it on the show. Who do we have this week? We got Cornbread9. Uh, who uh, sends in uh, this thought. Uh, a delight. So good to hear Matt's voice again. And Andy's great too. I was a devoted listener to the Nerdist podcast. It got me through some tough times and long drives. But it, it never had the same flavor after the format changed. Turns out <laughs> <laughs> I really missed hearing Matt. And now I can hear him and Andy talk about one of my absolute favorite shows. So glad to be on this journey. I'm still in season three, but enjoying my binge through the ages. Oh, wow. I know. Good luck. You got a lot of content, my friend. Congratulations on having so much content ahead of you. Please keep it up, and looking forward to DS9. I love Snark Theater, and I'm the president. You're not the president? Snark Theater. I guess I think that was a thing we did at some point. Yeah, I know, and I'm just like trying to think of what it was. Was it an official segment, or it was just something we did? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> cornbread, if you get to this point and you haven't quit before it, please let us know. It's too much. And cornbread too much stuff. I don't know if you're at this point yet, but you're not the president, but we still welcome you to the president circle anytime you're you're out of uh, content. <laughs> the next uh, Yeah. No, sorry. I stepped on you. Go ahead. No, I didn't really have anything to say. I thought I was had another you had another admiral and I, I was jumping around. You had something to say, feel free. Um so uh, this one's titled "Listen Twice," and this is from I think Quigley Boy. Yes, Quigley Boy, um, who says, "Gone through this whole podcast twice now, still loving it." Oh my god! Uh, actually, congratulations. That's crazy. By the way, let me reframe that. Gone through this whole podcast twice now, and still enjoy it. Still loving it. I blew it twice, and still loving it. Um, yeah. I'm very impressed by the people who are who do double or triple dip. I mean, in fairness to that, to those people, I get it. Like, because I have some things like that that I will re, you know, I'll re-listen to all the time. I think I'm and, finally. Uh, I'm honored. I'm honored, guys, to be in your ears more than once. Me too. I, I would say I. I think I. When I started this podcast, I didn't understand. And I think now I, you know, I listen to a few things here and there and I'm like, oh yeah, I can see it's comfort food. I'm currently, am constantly listening to this, I think he's Welsh, this guy just <laughs> recount old episodes of wrestling TV shows. Wow. It's like, it's the best. It's called, he does a reliving the war where he goes through fucking every episode of Monday Night Nitro and monday night raw oh, that sounds perfect for you and i just was like there's something about his voice to the point where i have when i play golf in the morning i have headphones on yeah. I'm by myself sure. and i listen to it on the golf course is he is he funny or it's just literally like and then this happens i can't even he I can't even I, fathom it's a, it's the welsh accent dry. he does have some <laughs> funny stuff in there <laughs> yeah uh 
Yeah, it's just uh, the, the Wrestling Bios is the name of the channel, if anybody, yeah. anybody wants to hear what I'm listening to. Free plug. I'd play it for you, but everything's broken right now. Um, our last Admirals Club admittee today, although, you know, you send us a five-star review, you're in the Admirals Club, uh, is from Vec Nav. Nav. And, uh, and Vec Nav writes, But Captain... I am not a merry man, and yet this podcast makes me merrier than mud. Uh, mud spelled like Harry Mud. Live long two and D's. prosper, gents. Sorry. I said two Ds. Two Ds with a capital M. Um, and that's it for the Admirals Club. Oh, well, that's a shame. I'm going to miss the Admirals Club then. <laughs> said some nice things about you. Uh, here it is, Andy. Here's, here's a sample. Ready? Uh-huh. You want a war? He's You're gonna this, get one. He's got this intro that happens. And then he goes into, he talks about Nitro's unopposed first hour. Street, and it should have been the NWO's a long time ago. He then puts himself over and he talks about humiliating Zabisco at the pay-per-view. And there he talks about the NWO backing him up and how Bret Hart, an NWO guy apparently, is going to be the referee, making this Sunday night's match all too easy for Eric Bischoff. Eric wraps it up by saying there's a big holiday treat tonight for NWO fans. Tis the season to be surprised, so Eric doesn't reveal what the holiday Treated. It's just this perfect monotone delivery. Yeah. Uh, and then he breaks down each competing segment on the wrestling shows because they aired at the same time. The so. festive frolics continue on Raw. Stone Cold meets Santa Claus while on NWO Nitro, Rick Steiner takes on Scott Norton. The Raw footage we see next is actually from last week when Raw went off the air. Anyway. I mean, that's what I listen to. I can see I why it. that would be. I re-listen to it all the time. Podcast comfort food. Um, it's interesting that as as a Welsh accent, it's not a. It's not like he I doesn't can't have tell. Well, whatever whatever I, accent he's doing, I know it's he's really not. The, he's not from mainland UK. I the know tenor that. of his voice is not uh, sort of smooth and comforting. It's fun, it's humorously kind of like a wrestler character and that it's very aggressive <laughs> so it's funny that that's your like i'm just gonna chill out and listen to this yeah oh, i love it <laughs> um okay let's uh let's go into the uh president circle shall we why not oh hang on let me do this and that was the Admiral's club Hey everybody, welcome to the United Federation of Planets President Circle. It's the greatest place to be. It's part of our Patreon. Please support the show, patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. I know Andy's on hiatus and I'm out of work. So we <laughs> are going to be talking a lot. And hopefully you'll join us there at the President's Circle. I mean, let's Plenty be honest. Plenty of hours of material for you there. <laughs> yeah, we're doing... Soon, soon to be even more hours. So many more hours. We're doing Picard weekly now, uh, mm-hmm. optimally the day after it airs. Um, Voyager, everything. Um, not, not optimally, perfectly. Perfectly. Precisely. Perfectly the day after it airs. Okay. Like given, to, you know, give or take. I like to. Hours. <laughs> 
way you chide me for giving us a little bit of breathing room, and then you go, or it could could not be right there. I say give or take 12 hours. Well, 12 hours is a long time. It is a long time, but I'm not one of these people who's like, maybe we'll get it out that day. I'm guaranteeing we'll get it out that day. Give or take 12 hours. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. On either side. That's fair. So it could be 12 hours. So we might even uh, air it before the episode airs. Yes, it is possible. <laughs> We're it not is possible. Do that. Um, we'll, just we'll just watch the trailer and then guess what happened. We don't have access to it before it airs. Um, although I'm happy to guess. Okay, let's get this fucking train back on track i don't want to be blamed when we're like uh, even longer than we would have been uh, originally uh lieutenant david sidhu uh so i'm giving out a christopher pike medal of valor uh we awarded oh to andy i'm sorry i should have explained that to everybody that's on me no problem my friend look you get priority one messaging that's a it's a it's a it's a fun little uh, side benefit of being in the president's circle or in our patreon which means you get priority one access to the hails. Andy reads your hails first. And uh, you get a very good chance of us addressing that hail here on the show. And if he takes a particular fancy to one of your hails, he'll give you a Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Who's getting it this week? Uh, a couple of people are getting it this week because we've had some people send in some really excellent uh, audio experiences and um, I'm kind of realizing, like, if you're going to go to that extra mile, you kind of, in my opinion, you deserve a, you know, a little, little hat tip. Um, so this is from David Sidhu, uh, and uh, he writes, "Hey Matt and Andy, uh, couldn't get this out of my head for some reason, so I had to make it. Enjoy, Dave." And uh, this one is Iris Nips. Nipples. I don't think well, I'm My nipples. That's so stupid. It's the best thing I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> look well at that. Goo Goo Dolls Iris with uh, studio <laughs> musician Tim Pierce on guitar. Doing a great job. Nailed that solo and uh 40 minutes or so. Where would you rank them in your in your band list? The Goo Goo Dolls do not make the list. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> um, I'm gonna follow. But that's not to say I don't appreciate that song and the uh, catchiness of it. No. And its appearance on the City of Angels soundtrack starring Meg Ryan and Nicolas Cage. It's not good. Is it that movie? I don't know. I never saw it. Oh, okay. Um. Now, uh, from Nathan Haney says my entry for the DS9 uh, MVC Eurovision. Uh, Nathan yeah. had um had sent us a uh, an entry, and I think some of if look, you guys know my brain. You listen to this podcast. If I've overlooked something, you're like, hey, what about my cool thing that I sent in? I promise you, it is not. Me going, hey, screw this person. It's me having lost track of it. Or Hey, get this person out of my inbox. That's what Andy's <laughs> always saying. It's my catchphrase. Um, so uh, Nathan had sent it in, who is uh, Dick Warlock, I believe, in the, uh, in the, uh, in the Patreon, um, had sent us uh, this MVC jingle. 
Um, and I overlooked it. So here it is to include it. We have a couple of them, so make sure you cycle through them, Matt, as you as you. Here's a here's a word of advice to anyone submitting any sort of uh, MVCs or things like that. The shorter they are, the more likely I am to play them. This is fair. Because by the time we're at the end of the show, I think we're all looking forward to some R&R. Okay. the MVC? Will it be Cisco, Dax, or Kira Reese? It can't be Worf until season four, but there's a Brian, Bashir, and even Quark. And don't forget about Odo. And is The fuck was that? That was like a fever dream of weirdness. I enjoyed it very much. Uh, you might want to come up with a uh, collapsed really version. It really takes a turn. Like, it just, that is... And even Quark. And don't forget about Odo. That's the best part right there. What is non MVC? It's like a... It's like a it's like a bridge in the middle of a song that isn't long enough to have a chorus. It's a, it's a good way of describing that? it. What is that? I love Four, it. But there's a Brian Bashir and even Quark. And don't forget about Odo. Yeah, it's got a big finish for a song that's not long enough to have a big finish. It's got a rap break for a song that's not big enough to have a rap break. I love it. Is it a parody of something or is it an original work? Either way, it's impressive. Uh, let us know, Nathan Haney. Uh, you might, might also want to play with, uh, you know, maybe a collapsed version if you want to get into the rotation. I know. I would say that normally, but like, given the hookiness of that it has a much it has a good chance of being played at its current 29 second length oh there you go uh high praise indeed um okay we're in the priority one oh no and more (laughs) that's great it's really terrific thank you when you're finished fooling around, <laughs> where, mm-hmm. where we can move on to the priority one messages proper. Sure, let's do that. That sounds like more fun than listening to f- jingles that are awesome. You may get more. You guys better bring it. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. By the way, great production on that, Nathan. Are you a musician or a producer of some kind? Um, I mean, whatever you are, you're you've you've, you've 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 you got an earworm now, and I can't get it out. Uh, this is from Roderick Hamilton. Great name, Roderick. Hi, Andy. Uh, there's a historical instance that is at least a little similar to the main plot of DS Nine One Fourteen. It's called the House of Spite in Sarajevo, and it's held up uh, as a symbol of Bosnian stub- stubbornness. The ruling empire at the time, Austro-Hungary, wanted to put in some tram lines, and the owner refused to sell at any price. In the end, they had to move the whole house across the river and rebuild it brick by brick as it was before. This stubborn homeowner makes me think of that story, especially when you factor in the Bosnians also suffered a brutal occupation and famous resistance in World War II. Laters. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like so, going so dark and then popping in a Laters. <laughs> um fair 
Uh, okay. Uh, this is from Anne de Secunda. De. <laughs> um, here's a suggestion for a fatter name than Seek for uh, fatter name for Seacrest, which we were spitballing at some point in the last episode. Ryan Seabiscuit. Just a, it's just a very fast horse. Sure. It's, it's oh, a yeah, muscular, yeah. muscular you know, steed. Right. That's a, I, guess, I don't see a fat anything there. I guess Anne is just suggesting size, but fair. Like I get, and no, I think the biscuit, I think, is where she was going with that. Oh, right? is that what it is? Yeah. I've, I've got to assume. Yeah. I've got to assume. As Not else. a stallion. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll put up a poll. <laughs> uh, oh, I forgot about the poll. Um... Let's deal with that now. So, um, where is this? So I ran the poll about the marshmallows. We had a debate about whether uh, people eat them raw, and uh, as you do, correct, Matt? I don't. No one eats them raw. It's just weird. Wait, I thought you were arguing that people ate, that people eat them raw. And I was arguing, no. no, they don't. No, no. Well, now they're I raw inside the dispenser. Yeah, is that what we're talking? It's like they come up. It was toasted. this was out. This grew out of the dispenser discussion. All right. Well, whatever the case, I ran this to poll. I don't remember what side we were on. <laughs> Somebody remind us. Um, Hang on. Let me play the poll jingle. I guess I could see myself if you took a hard line of nobody eats them raw, then I might go, well, some people must eat them raw. (laughs) But now I don't remember what side I was on. Maybe I also was like talking about, this is sad that I don't remember, but like maybe I was also talking about like cereal, like uh, Lucky Charms or something. Like they have marshmallows. We're like in uh, cause and effect. We're we're like constantly at the beginning of every podcast, just starting again, um, and the past does not exist. Um, anyway, whatever the case, I ran this poll, um, and uh, the poll was just marshmallows raw or any other way. Because as I remember it, you were just narrowing it down. You didn't want a both. You just wanted that or that. Could be misremembering that, that either. I don't, I don't remember narrowing well, that. Somebody, down. somebody, remind That's us so what funny. happened. I don't know if that you did that on air or if you did that off air, but that was my memory. <laughs> Whatever the case, I was surprised. Raw got fifty-five percent. Any other way got forty-five percent. Three hundred and twenty-two wow. votes. Any other way? Yeah. Interesting. That's and, uh, a lot of votes. I think had you put both in, I think that would have won. It would have gotten ninety-nine percent. I think. Well, I can run another one if you want. Nope. <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of comments <laughs> on that one, <laughs> uh, but uh, we don't have time, so we're just going to move forward. Um, anyways, where the hell am I? Um, okay. Uh, Sandra B says, "Hang on, I gotta I gotta play us out of that segment." Oh, no. <laughs> I think you can safely skip an hour and 45 into this show for it to start. That's my guess. (laughs) Um, Sandra B. says, uh, oh, this is the self-sealing stem bolts episode. Self-sealing stem bolts were mentioned in Discovery, but I couldn't uh, say anything because spoilers. 
please don't ask me to find it. Um, sideways, uh, laughy, cry face. Shouldn't have given me the, the sounds early. That's that's your mistake. That's <laughs> it. Is my mistake. Well, if we would have played both of those, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, and a lot of people commented that say self sealing symbols. Uh, I accept this as a spoiler. Also becomes a running gag in DS Nine. Um, Patreon. Odo smooth brow. Do you get a character payment on self-stealing stem bolts? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. Um, you know, for a while, Andy, you're familiar with the old, the 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 God in sixty seconds, the original, and the later Nicolas Cage one. Yeah, you remember the Mustang in there, Eleanor. Yeah. That. Mustang with those modifications was 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 copywritten as a as a copywritten character. Yeah. So that if you ever wanted to make a Mustang that you called Eleanor, you had to pay the licensing fee. Really? Yes. <laughs> that is amazing. Pretty wild. I gotta but find that, a loophole uh, it, like it that. Just it just got struck down in court after many years. Oh, all right. Shelby took it like Carol Shelby, the guy that designed the Shelby GT three fifty that that was based on. Yeah, finally took like went to court and anyway, I was just thinking like if that's a character you can copyright that, then why not self stealing self stealing stem bolts? Sure. Um. So uh, this is from Patreon, our friend Odo's smooth brow. Um. So, uh, whose, whose actual name is Tristan Luth Robbins, uh, another great name. Uh, Good day, Matt and Andy. I assume, yeah. Greetings from Adelaide, South Australia, home to approximately forty-six DS9 fans. We're a small <laughs> city, after all. We're a small city, after all. Uh, I stumbled upon your podcast a couple of weeks ago and was delighted to learn that you've been that you're kicking the boat out with DS9, my favorite of all Trek. Over the intervening 14 days, I've immensely enjoyed consuming and metabolizing all the textures, nuances, sweet and salty ingredients of this most delicious Hang pod. on a second. He yes. discovered us how many weeks ago? Over the intervening 14 days, I guess. And he's already in the Patreon? Yeah, he's committed. You, sir, are a gentleman. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. I love it when you like something that much and you're like, you know what? I'm going hog wild on this thing. I got to tell you something. He also has already um, sent us a sort of breakdown of uh, of the MVCs in the rankings, <laughs> like this beautiful Elcars like display that I that I, I theoretically will put up on the. <laughs> should I just this skip? Is, the, all other listeners should feel shame. <laughs> Don't make them. You can't rank them that way. We love everybody. But this guy's doing really well, I got to say. He's doing really well. Like today I was like, man, that Dick Warlock is my favorite of the listeners today. Yeah. But oh, nope. We got some superstars. That's bad. Get about <laughs> and more. Is not MVC. <laughs> you know, you haven't even heard what, what, uh, what our friend, uh, Odo Smooth Brow, is going to send us. 
And I'd be curious to see where he where this ranks at the end if you if you put the if you put uh, Dick Warlock's first. Um, anyways, um, uh, it seemed only appropriate, most logical, that I join the president's circle and proceed to gorge Amazing. myself on your content into infinity. In honor of your pod, I spent a lazy afternoon cobbling together this succinct banger dubbed Three Lemonades featuring MC Bashir. It features many of our favorite moments from those early DS9 uh, classics, The Passenger, Move Along Home, as well as some of Cisco's unforgettable beach antics in the pilot emissary. Mercifully, it's an abbreviated track at 50 seconds, but it should be enough to get the circulation going. Your sincerely Odo's smooth brow, a.k.a. Tristan Luth Robbins. If I'm pronouncing that correct, incorrectly, tell me how to pronounce it in the future phonetically. And uh, I apologize if I've already driven you away from this podcast with my, um, you know, some might say awesome. Some might say questionable Australian accent. Well, I think we all know <clears throat> that it was garbage. So if you will play three lemonades, oh, there you go. And these accent corner, it's gonna be shit. And now back to three lemonades. Ah! Three lemonades. <laughs> this is impossible. <laughs> three lemonades. Oh. <laughs> Are you all right? Fit as a fiddle. Move it on, move it on home. Do it. Ow. Do it. Fit Ow. as a fiddle. Do, 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 do it. Three lemonades. Ray O. Vantica. It's okay. It's me. Oh, thank God. I thought I was having a nightmare. Ow! Do it. Ow! Do it. Ow! Do it. That's just, that's just that's spectacular as well. It's it's a it's a I mean, we got a top loaded show for just all sorts of talent and <laughs> bravado. It's really impressive. I mean, just I want to see the uh, I want to see the video for that one. My nipples. Let's not forget that. I want to see videos for all these. It's okay. It's me. Oh, thank God. I thought I was having a nightmare. Ow! Do it. Ow! Do it. (laughs) It's really, it's the layering. It's the production layering. Like, these guys are great producers. I really always respect that. Um, (laughs) Great work, Odo's. Smooth brow. <laughs> um, all right. Hails, hails, hails. Dan Man Mountain hails us. I was once touring Greek and, uh, Greek and Sundry because I did some work for them. I ran their Minecraft server and saw who I thought was Matt in a suit rushing around. Would love to have met him, but he looked busy, didn't want to bother him. Admittedly, I was also a little starstruck. Just wanted to let you know I'm a big fan. Love you both. Uh, was that, that Geek and Sundry? Didn't I say that? Did I say Greek? Greek. Oh, yeah, you did. What a dope. Geek and Sundry. Uh, Felicia's, Felicia Day's imprint uh, on the Nerdist. Uh, what was the context of me running around in the suit? I don't think it said. Was it like, it was probably while I was hosting. They must have been, they must have been at the building while I was taping 
my sidekick show. Oh, maybe I was there. That's my guess. That's my guess. Um, Thanks for listening to this show, by the way. You, now, now that you're no longer forced to listen to anything I produce. Thank you. Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins, by the way, on the subtech, uh, subject of uh, a sidekick, uh, had put together an interesting little montage, including some guests and me, um, with a little little video. Um, but uh, I... Uh, it was just so oh, the pale bag was so overloaded. I didn't, uh, I didn't include it, so I didn't know if I should just put that on social media or if you wanted that I on mean, the show. Send that my way. I'd like, to, I'd love to see that personally. Okay. Um, did you want it here or do you want it? Uh, we don't have to bore people with me yammering. Right. We're well, already doing that. Well, whatever the case, um, somebody poked me, um, and I will, and I will put it up. Somebody somewhere. poke Andy. Uh, maybe on the Instagram. Okay. The Ultimate Trekker is unimpressed with Picard Season 3 so far. That's his handle. That's not what he's writing <laughs> That's about. That's okay. All right. I mean, it's one episode. I like that you're already... De- yeah, people are I'm really... I'm not impressed. Yeah. Me so and far, Matt. Me I and Matt enjoying it. We're enjoying it so far. But uh, one am, episode in. You know... Don't, a, don't qualify it. You enjoyed it. Just allow the one episode. I was an 8. Yes. What are we talking about? I'm giving my rating. All right. I was an 8.5. You need to just slow your roll. Um, so aggressive. You just you're going to be less aggressive once you get the hail bag out of the way. That's true. Ultimate Trekker says, "I don't know how much uh, I don't know much about man, my brain. I don't know much about fashion, but when Kira takes off her tunic, the height of her pants is very disturbing." <laughs> but Suzanne Wilson has the counter thought, "I even love those high-waisted pants, and you'll have to pry them from my cold lesbian hands." XD. <laughs> Um, love it. Frederick Rombouts. Uh, Unclear if she loves them because of how comfortable they might be, or because how uh, Nana visitor pulled them off. I'm unclear. I mean, I would ha- I would have to guess a little bit of a mixture. Maybe it's both. You're right. So should I run a poll to poll? Nope. <laughs> Frederick Rombouts uh, says. Amazing that Morn is the one who makes Kira and Dax fail the Bechdel test at about one fifteen ten in the pod. <laughs> um, also, uh, Frederick says, pretty sure Matt and Andy's last-minute realization that Kira was building a pizza oven bumped up their Andy's rankings by at least half a point. <laughs> and he gave a time code, but I, I think I misplaced it's it. It's for pizza! <laughs> I think that's fair. Uh, Lieutenant Kathleen Guzman says, Jake and Nog trying to figure out what self-steal, self-steal, oh man, self-sealing stem bolts are for. Don't they have space Google? Can't they ask the computer or something? <laughs> you know, I think of it like today, you know, I, I, I sometimes have questions that I don't wind up Googling. I certainly do that with Matt. Matt is my Google. Yeah. Tries yeah sometimes I'm just like, eh. I'll just guess. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm not. Who knows? That's what makes you a good podcaster. John Zhu says, This episode isn't one of my favorites, but I always thought it was among the small handful of solid to good ones from season one. It is slow and ultimately a very small story, but we also get a lot of character development for Kira, some fleshing out of Bajorans outside the main cast, and a bit of additional color on Dax, Nog, and even Morn. It was established at the top of the episode that Bajorans were counting on the moon's energy, 
this is sort of in counter to my to our questions of you know um whether they had to do it or whether they could wait or they couldn't wait um that bajorans were counting on the moon's energy to provide heat for hundreds of thousands of homes in the coming winter that's why they couldn't wait a year regarding what is the other side uh that cisco refers to in his conversation with kira i always saw it as being on the inside of the institutional power structure versus being on the outside Kira is now part of the institutional power structure, and that gives her the ability to have a big impact in her goal of building a better Bajor, but it also requires her to take actions that might serve the greater good at the expense of specific individuals. I think that's a valid uh, point. Um, John goes on to say, I think the scene of Quark telling Nog that he's a sweet boy works better where it is, where it is rather than at the end. If it came after Quark found out Nog made him a prophet, then it would seem motivated by greed rather than familial affection. The show eventually delves deep into Frangi family dynamics, which contributes to a much richer portrayal of Frangis than in TNG. I also like they didn't spend a lot of time dwelling on that exchange, but just slipped in that little bit of character building almost in passing. DS9 does a lot of this and enriches many of the characters drip by drip over the course of several seasons. That's why I always tell people it's worth slogging through the first couple of seasons because it gives you the full payoff later on. Um, going, drip, drip, drip. Going point by point, um, I think the... Uh, I agree about the character development for Kira. That's reasonable. Uh, it was established top of the episode that the Bajorans were counting on the moon's energy. I think you're right. However... When they raise the issue, and when Kira is the one who raises the issue in the middle, so I assume that Kira has some reason other than, no, no, let these hundreds of thousands of homes go without, you know, heat um, in the coming winter. So I assume that she's suggesting that going the long way is another, you know, is another reasonable option and not an insane option. That was what I interpreted that scene to mean, unless the the suggestion was she was so swept away that she'd forgotten about the hundreds of thousands of people that will go without heat. Um, I mean, wouldn't you have been swept away by good old by Brian Malibuck? Keith. Yeah. <laughs> um, so charming. Um, and I think the evaluation of the institutional power, I think, is is dead on. I think a lot of people agreed with that, and a lot of I think have some other hails coming in regards to that. In regards to the Quark and Nog thing, I agree that I obviously can't speak to the later familial dynamics, and I think it's nice that they sort of start laying that in. But I think it does leave us at the end with a feeling me and Matt both had, which is like, hey, how come you're not giving enough props to Nog for, you know, what you what he pulled off there? You know, sort of a button on that to to the eyes I mean, of a Ferengi. They don't even know what stem bolts are for. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. all you had was this 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 A one steak sauce for Cardassians that you couldn't move. They turned a huge profit. Suddenly, you've got land. Joe Moore, I would love to know why Frangis don't care about land. Which, where in our, where in our civilization, it is the most you know one of the most valuable investments. Um, do we already address this anyway? Lieutenant Joe Moore says, "I must admit, I also enjoyed the episode." Kira's trying so hard not to turn into the kind of ruthless oppressor that she hated her whole life. As much as she tries to side with the old man and reason with him, at the end of the day, she knows that for the benefit of others, she has no choice but to turn to force. It's kind of like the insurrection movie where the Badmiral tells 
Picard that they're only relocating a hundred, few hundred people. In that case, the motives are purely selfish, but Kira is making a personal choice about what being a leader to her people means. It's compromising your values when pushed into an inescapable corner. That's how I see it anyway. Uh, smiley, teethy face. Emoji. <laughs> teethy, teethy face. <laughs> smile to describe that one. <laughs> it's a smile showing the teeth. Rob Baptiste says, DS9 has a history of taking Trek standards and flipping a darker lens onto them in a yeah, but kind of way. I see this episode as that. It's the needs of the many versus the needs of the one. But what about when the one doesn't want to make the sacrifice? That is uh, also a good point. Then you got to force that sacrifice. That's what she did. She did it. Alexander Everson says this episode is about how people put their lives together after 50 years of occupation. I think that it sets up the line that the new Bajoran government has to walk uh, trying to govern people while not negatively affecting their people who are collectively suffering from PTSD. As a result of it, there's either complete compliance to authority or complete refutation um, of any direction whatsoever uh, from the government. Refutation? Uh, further to Matt's point if Starfleet could have helped with the power issue the provisional government would have rejected that help we saw it in episode one that the government is trying to prove their autonomy not lean on the help of another entity like they initially did done with the Cardassians uh, like they initially did with the Cardassians <sighs> any comments any look comments? I still think we should have put it like yeah. Well, let's delay it a little bit. Malabak's going to die anyway. <laughs> He's very old. Um, Chris Klochner says, in regards to the discussion about the station's user interface, I realize that the Universal Translator makes it a boot point, but it would be far more likely that Bajorans understood and read Cardassian after a, a long occupation than Federation Standard, which they would have had no contact with. Since it's still a Bajoran station, they left it set up uh, what would be easiest for the Bajorans. Also, they wouldn't have thought about it really. Uh, also, I haven't thought about it really, but I always assumed the control surfaces in Star Trek were more like a microwave with a fixed control beneath rather than a touchscreen proper. And our uh, old friend Interesting. Uh, Michael Bazaruski, Andy Sporter, and Matt's lovable antagonist, not a tourist but still a stubborn sedan. Hales, uh, in addition, uh, in addition, which is if the TNG technical manual is to be trusted, the panels are completely configurable touchscreens. In real life, this was said that so the actors don't have to be consistent with where they press. Yeah, but also, it makes sense. It accidentally, is, it is it is reasonable. Uh, David S. The homework stealing Vulcan. 3,145 square feet, one hot dog, 55 inch in the tele- in the living room, 75 inches in my home theater. <laughs> Thank you for the breakdown. I don't know what pod that was an answer to that question to. Um, I also like that O'Brien rolls up on Nog and Jake and says, you mean self-stealing, self, oh brother, you mean self-sealing stem bolts to clarify what they have uh, and then turns around and says, I don't know. I've never used them and that he doesn't know what they look like, even though he just said exactly what they are. And it goes over Nog and Jake's heads. I kind of wish there were a beat with like Odo and O'Brien that tips the hand that everyone knows what Nog and Jake are up to and are uh, having fun watching them. 
Um, I agree with you, David. When that moment, I don't know if I commented on it, but when he it like corrects them and then he's like, I don't know, I don't know what they are. It was a weird moment, and I think your 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 suggestion actually would explain it that he's just kind of messing with them because that's what I thought that scene was going to be. Robert McFadden says, "So dumb question. Why not <laughs> drop off Brian Keith's character in the village from last week and make him the storyteller? He could bore the smoke monster to death." Ooh, I like it. <laughs> Snooze alert. Smoke monster's like, ah, you're boring now. I'm leaving. <laughs> um, Since when does it talk? Wait a minute. I wonder where I have this. Yeah, I guess it must be in another another episode. You asked for a warp factor snore, um, uh, hail, and uh, and if you you can do a search in your <laughs> your thing, I think it's in That's another. <laughs> um, anyway, um, let's see. <clears throat> Come on, guys, hails. What you need more? Oh, I've got more. Uh, Alexander, did I read this? Yeah, I already read this one. I already read that one. I already read that one. Uh, I already read that one. And Robert McFadden says, "So dumb question." I already did that one. Come Kamaraki <laughs> at Garrick's shop for tailoring services only. Looks around shiftily. Um, can we all agree that for the most part, if a Star Trek episode's plot largely involves farming or building a farm or defending a farm? It's not one of the most gripping and engaging episodes. Well, well, I can agree with you, Kamaraki. I feel like uh, many others cannot agree. There were many dissenters from our take that this was a this was a a, a semi unsatisfying episode. Um, even though I agree with your take on the character, the character building. Lieutenant John Chataway, Garrick's Tailor Shop Gold Press Latinum Card member. I feel like Matt. I feel like you blew all your energy at the top uh, with all the all the hails and the and the mixing and uh, the DJing. <laughs> no, it's just I'm just waiting until I have something interesting to say. Right, that's this, fair. Take your time. Which you know, so far I don't. Garrick's Taylor Gold. Taylor's Taylor. Garrick's Taylor Shop Gold Press Latinum Card Member hails us. Just finished the progress episode, and I had a different thought about how I thought the episode was going to end. Oh, are you going through it for the first time with us, uh, Lieutenant John? Um, I thought the piece of land that Jake and Nog traded for, that they ultimately sold to Quark, was going to be the land that Mullabuck would resettle on. Like Kira finds out Quark has this land and forces him to give it up, tie the two stories together. This would have given a little bit more momentum to to the to the B story, or the A story, whatever you call the Mullabuck story. Mm. I guess that is the A story. It's definitely the A story, even though it feels like the C story. Um, all right, all right. I'm reading all your hails. Don't you, give me some room. <laughs> There's a lot of people had a count, counter thoughts, and I think they were just they, like letting letting you like sit in the breeze there. Yeah, <laughs> with your own thoughts is very funny. Uh, that's what happens when I vamp. Uh, I just turn on myself because there's no other person there. Um, Lieutenant. That 
Well, it's the MVC. Will it be Cisco, Dax, or Kira Reese? It can't be Worf until season four, but there's a Brian, Bashir, and even Quark. And don't forget about... <laughs> uh. Don't forget about... What the best piece of music I've ever heard in my life. Wow. Better than the Goo Goo Dolls? Slightly better than the Goo Goo Dolls. Lieutenant Jess hails us. I really like the interaction with Cisco and the old man on the moon. Old man wanted wanted to spar with someone, and Cisco wasn't going to do that, so he gave up and went back to Kira to wind her up. This person is very well known to me. Um... I agree with you, Jess. I think that is a great character moment for both uh, Cisco and for the old man, and uh, and very well played by Brian Keith and by Avery Brooks. And it's and he and it really shows a, a nice side of Cisco that he's like he can handle it so well. He's like I'm not here for this, so I can easily parry your you're trying to prod me into a fight. I ain't about this bullshit. I yeah. just came here to get you off a moon. Yeah, but in a way that doesn't provoke him. And so then the other guy's like, eh, all right, fine. Uh, Kurt Onstead of Welcome to Geek Town podcast. Or is it Welcome to Greek Town? No, it's Welcome to Geek Town. Um, Hails us. I was quite surprised at your negative reaction to this as I consider it one of the best of the first season, although nothing beats duet. Uh, Kira's plan at realizing that she's no longer the underdog and that even though she feels still on the right side, it still feels wrong to be the one wielding the power in a way that will hurt someone is a great scene and really shows how she's grown since uh, she first came on the station. First episode, Kira literally would have just said, this guy's right and moved in, but now she's seeing that she has to think bigger, even though it means making tough decisions. Um, And that is it for the Priority One messages. Hmm, Interesting. Let's go to the regular town messages. Oh, maybe this I'll isn't as long as I thought. Oh, no, Let's here it exit. is. Exit. Uh, we have... Captain, we are being hailed. hailed. What do we got? Apologies for stepping on that. Um, We have a uh, hail to our voice hailing machine. So if you would play DS9 hail number one. Wait a second. Is it not in there? I do have that. Okay, here it is. Hey, man, Mandy. Uh, just listened to your episode on uh, DS9 uh, progress. Just a couple of things I saw while you were uh, talking about it. Firstly, when you said about the about Kira coming from the other side of things, you were questioning what that was. To me, that was about the fact that she'd been an underdog previously, and it's more easier when you're an underdog and especially when you're kind of in a survival situation, you can you do what you need to to survive. Whereas she's coming from a position of power now as part of the Bashuran government. Yeah, a lot of people explain and this. And so now she has to sort of like basically make some decisions she might not want to. It's like she's hang, having to force this guy to leave his land against his will, which is a lot tougher decision than, you know, the simple right and wrong that she's been used to dealing with. So I think that's about that. Uh, there was also the fact that... Uh, is this the guy who does your wrestling podcast, Matt? To the guy on the planet. And, <laughs> um, he starts telling this story and he goes, I have to get it. I think it's because this guy's listening to him. What the guy really seems to want to do is just, like, as you pointed out, waste everyone's time, including the viewers. Uh, but, like, he's... The second that he sees that Cisco is listening, that's when he wants to... You know, he doesn't... He isn't interested anymore because he's not doing what he set out to do, wasting his time. 
So I think Cisco's interest uh, stopped me telling the story. Uh, and just quickly before I go, um, you, I know you do your more section on the Patreon. So uh, I've been feed for my uh, video podcast thing on YouTube. Um, Ronald B. Moore, which you mentioned before, and also recently Michael W. Moore, who was um, in the art department. So just a couple more for your collection. A couple and, more more. If anyone wants to check it out, it's the Dr. Squeeze Show on uh, YouTube. And also I've inter- uh, interviewed Alexander Sadiq a couple of times. Uh, but anyway. Oh, very nice. Thanks, guys. Loving the show. Speak to you soon. Bye. I mean, that's only slightly fancier than Matt and I interviewing each other every week. <laughs> <laughs> we almost make it work, too. <laughs> uh, Filmy Girl, uh, who hailed us last week, says, uh, Hi, uh, thank you so much for reading my email. I haven't been... Uh, I haven't been having as tough a 2023 as others, but I've been battling some health issues, and it definitely made me smile when I heard my name. I uh, hope you're, hope you're, you're, you feel better, or will feel better soon. Um, Filmy girl, um, I'm sorry you didn't enjoy progress. I guess I have a bigger tolerance for slow moving set pieces than you and Matt. I love Kira. <laughs> grappling with the idea that she is now the man uh the other half of the dichotomy at the end of the day it's actually a pretty realistic scenario it was probably cheapest to do it this way and or there was the biggest benefit to the politician and his friends so she's saying to how to handle it on the planet to do it this way so it gets done this way kira has come to terms with the fact that she can either suck it up and work within the system even if it is a cruel and uh, cruel and stupid sometimes or she can live alone on a moon and get blasted by progress at least this way she gives the old guy some dignity kind of a late blooming welcome to adulthood moment but yes if you frame it with the old man as the primary character in the story there's really not much to it anyway there are a few pretty bad uh but hopefully in an entertaining way the next few are pretty bad but hopefully in an entertaining way and then you'll get duet a lot of people are talking up duet um I think even your offhanded things uh, that sort of question what previous people have said of just like this was the cheapest way to do it as the biggest benefit to the politician is really interesting. And that does, to me, support sort of my thought of like, well, why would Kira bring it up if it was just like, no, let the other Bajorans freeze? Um, If there was like, well, there's different ways of handling it and some are better and some are. And I think that's what we're supposed to take away from it was my take. Um, but I like it even more if you layer into it that there's a bunch of political stuff within the Bajoran system itself that is now being uh, that is now at play, and it's not even like this is the wrong side and this is the right side. It's like you know, it's like well, this way serves this and this way serves this, and you you know you got to make some sacrifices. Um, I would have liked that underlined. I know that that is what thematically we're supposed to take away from it, but that is kind of where I I start to question, like when you, we talk about the set pieces, I think, could be wrong, but I feel like, my I definitely feel like I would, and Matt, you can, you can feel free to agree or disagree, that our tolerance would be high for a set piece, but it's... It's got to be uh, dramatically sound from beginning to end. If you're really going to slow it down and have it be that dialogue and character based, then I guess I feel like it could have a little bit more forward momentum in terms of it doesn't even have to be melodrama, but just 
dramatically uh, more narratively propulsive in some way. And I yeah yeah go ahead. I mean, you can do a lot with two people talking, right? You know, like look at like Measure of a Man. Yeah, or like even like I was thinking just more of like just instances of like like if you think about Shawshank Redemption, really, it's 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 I would say sixty to seventy percent of that movie is two people talking, right? And it's Red and Andy, right? Um, Me. Yeah, it's you. <laughs> it's you and Morgan Freeman. Guys, check you know, it out. In the, in, in the book, in the book, Andy, see, he's yeah. he's an Irish guy. Right. And he's called Red because he has red hair. <laughs> That's funny. But they kept the uh, they kept the line. Did they, in the screenplay Frank Darabont did, which did, I thought was great. Did they come up with a different explanation for why he was red? No, he says maybe it's because I'm Irish and he smiles. Oh. All right. Well, then he did. He addressed it in some way. It's more That's cryptic. Um, and then, Matt, I should have given you a heads up. We've got a uh, help from the face group. I popped into the face group, guys. We have a face group. There's d- delightful people in there. Oh, oh wow. no, that's the end. Hang on. I got to open the face group. Photoshop Matt with Data's cat. And who put Andy's face on that? Just take a look. It's on Facebook. It's in our face group. It's a good one. Uh, this, oh man, did I blow it. I didn't put the guy's name. Oh man. All right. This is going to be one of those hilarious times that I give you the name in about 22 minutes. <laughs> Anyway, our friend says this is this episode is the most I've ever wanted to jump in and explain the theme to the boys. Uh, maybe we won't give you your name, anonymous person. <laughs> How dare you want to explain something to us? Kira is being forced to think about the greater good for the first time. Do the needs of the many truly outweigh the needs of the few? She even says, uh, if we do this, we're no better than the Cardassians. How many times were they told the occupation was for the greater good? The theme is the struggle between what is right for your soul and what is right for your duty. It's a classic tug between utilitarian and Kantian ethics that TOS did all the time. How crushing must it have been for her to transport that man at the end? She chose duty over spirit. Was it the right choice? What co- uh, cost to her personality that probably no one else will ever know? Anyway, rant over. Um, and I think you're. I think a lot of people pointed toward the end. And it, go ahead. Yeah, it was the right choice. He would have. He would have died if he still. Um. Well, I mean, that was happening either way, I, folks. I mean, I think his his point is: was it the right choice in terms of siding with? Well, according to memory beta, Malabug forgave her. <laughs> really? Yep. I don't remember that. Is that true? You're so, just making that you're up? Welcome. No, I did not make that up. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> um uh so yeah, I I think um I think it's I think it's I think the end you guys have kind of won me over in terms of the end that it's sort of this bittersweet kind of thing for you know her having to face up to this thing and it's it's ambivalent and obviously i knew it was ambivalent but i i hear you on that it's a resonant ending for kira i guess i stick to my guns on that i feel like the progression dramatically could have had a few more twists and turns and delved into stuff and seen a few more angles on the situation and even the mullabach character uh before we landed on that ending um and that's it. 
Um, and then we have a couple of prime correctives. Hmm. What did I get wrong last week? I think I got some things wrong, too. Time for retrospective, because truth is all objective. It's a prime corrective, because Matt Mandy got it wrong. Here's my first prime corrective. That was from Ken Singleton, uh, that last hail. Yes, okay. So, I corrected that um the sooner than we thought yeah uh okay trapper sean md uh tweeted at us um and this is this is just crushing and embarrassing because it was brought up far back into tng i hope andy is finally able to say he knows keith brian keith from the movie something big (laughs) he's in something big and I was sad when that came up. It's like, oh, I got to watch that before it comes up so I can say I literally know I'm from something big and I blew it. And my apologies to everyone. <laughs> now I most certainly will never watch that movie. Although Brian Keith is the best. There's no getting around it. Derek Westover, uh, this is a prime correction for you. <laughs> Secundas claim the fame. From something big, <laughs> the movie something big. Um, thank you for catching me on that trapper. Fourth episode of Flash Gordon. What? <laughs> no, it's not something big. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, Derek Westover. This is a correction for you, Matt. Uh, you were really, you really hit me hard on this point. Prime corrective. A lot of people wrote in. Prime corrective. Skyrim is a single player game. Matt was thinking of Elder Scrolls Online, which has a commercial uh, for a Skyrim DLC or something. <laughs> so it is something okay. that I could play on the plane. You can? Yeah. You don't have to be connected to the interwebs for that? Apparently not. Well, that's news to me. Yeah. Thanks for writing in, everyone. Uh, Josh Buddy wrote in regarding Switch, get the Pro Controller. I hope I can remember that. And he also said, and while Zelda Breath of the Wild is technically a Wii U game, uh, it is an absolute jam, and Andy should play stream it so we all can watch. <laughs> uh, how how far into the Zelda uh, mythology is that? How many games in is that? Is that like nine games in? I've never played a Zelda game. I maybe played it for like five oh, minutes. Really? Yeah. And I was like, this seems like this is a lot of stuff to learn so um, what am I going to do with these potions yeah um somebody somebody threw in I apologize uh, somebody threw in that that the Nog Jake journey in this last episode was sort of like a Zelda quest sorry I'm not giving you credit mm. for it um Commander Trev uh, has a prime corrective uh the promenade is in the central core, not the outer ring. So it's the central core. So it's central core containing ops, the promenade, and power generation. Uh, oh, so it's central core, uh, the habitat ring, and the docking ring. And the promenade does form an unbroken circle. There's a cool map and a nice exterior picture of the central core featuring the promenade second level windows on the memory alpha page for the promenade. Matt can snag the pics for Andy to avoid all those promenade-related spoilers. <laughs> uh, happy, teethy, smiley face. 
Oh, oh there it is again. <laughs> TV's back, everybody. <laughs> and then if you want a picture, here is somebody. I'm sending you a link. Somebody sent us this nice, um, I guess it's a, it's a blueprint um, uh, that's on the Patreon if you want to check it out. And that's from Commander Trev. Um, although I could tweet it if anybody cares. Um, Bob Blair uh, says... Oh, the Habitat Ring. I always pictured the Habitat Ring being on the outside. I'll be a monkey's uncle. Um, Bob Blair. I got a lot of corrections on this. Um, this is going to be a classic Andy mispronunciation. Says, it's Jadzia, not Jadzia. Seems weird that I would have said Jadzia, but I guess it's possible. I that one I'm like, guys, come on, let the guy talk. It's fine. No, I th- no, I want the correction. Nope, nope. What am I going to do when I'm when I'm paneling at some important Star Trek event and I say her name wrong? Their name uh, wrong? You'll be laughed off the stage. And yeah. Shamed. I don't need that shit. Um, and then I shame, j- shame. I do- shame. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this guy. He's throwing out Game of Thrones references. He doesn't even seen it. Played the slot machine quite a bit. Oh, yeah. That's a great slot machine. I won some money on that one when you left me alone. You did, yeah. Yeah. And then I probably subsequently lost it. But uh, it's very exciting for a moment. Um, oh, this is this is bullshit. Uh, the, these kind of pronunciation things that you're getting sent, I'm I'm like I'm against them. So this next one is from Kurt Onstead. Because it's like, you know, even George Lucas says Leah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to look. I want to say it the way. Look, my, hey, he says hand too. He says hand. My general goal in life is to stay off the radar. That's my general goal in life. Unless I've done something so fantastic that I want everybody to know. Generally speaking, I don't want anybody to go. Hey, you did this thing. So I'm just looking to say it the way that most other people say it. Um. Uh, so Kurt Onstead of, of Welcome to Geek Town podcast uh, sent this hail, and I wanted you to read it because I literally had trouble even as I went over it trying to nail down what's what. Uh, similarly, currently a Voyager issue, but we'll get relevant in DS9 soon enough. It's Maki, not Maki, or Maki, but it's closer to that than the other. So it's Maki. Maki, is that it? I'm sorry. It's Maki. I don't know. I think of it as Maki. The Maki? He's saying it. I can't even. This I won't. I will no longer be speaking. Well, this is the thing. I've heard. I think there were some other hails that were like, that's not it. It's this. So if you, you can't agree, then screw everybody. But if there's consensus, I'm happy to learn it or to Hang try. On. I finally got there with uh, Deanna. It's Q-U-I-S, right? Uh, yes. I don't know if those computers are right when they give you a pronunciation, though. No, no, no. I'm just, like, looking up. I just want it to be... I want, I want like, a fucking super cut of everyone on Star Trek saying it wrong. Because it's constantly said different ways all over the series. <laughs> oh, great. And I just... that It doesn't exist. Uh, in the meantime, I'll read Big Citrus 
uh, has a self steel. So you secunda self sealing stem bolts join a long list of weirdly memorable things from otherwise not that memorable Trek episodes. It's the higher the fewer Hall of Fame. Meanwhile, I'm continuing to enjoy the ongoing McKee versus Maki debate. When it's kind of neither, that's what Big Citrus says. I agree that it's kind of neither because everything is said constantly. Every which way, rather. Yeah. I just, I, I wish, does, why doesn't that exist? I really want that to exist. A supercut of people saying it A wrong. supercut of Maki. Or McKee. Anyway, okay. Um... That's it for the hails, my friends. We made it. Oh. Hey, look, under an hour and 20, it's good. Um, if you have a hail, send it to sttncpod at gmail.com. Please put the title of the episode in the subject heading somewhere for me. Uh, or you can tweet to uh, Matt at Matt Myra or Instagram him there. You can Instagram me at Andrew Secunda or tweet me at Secunda. You can, of course, join the Patreon if you want access to our Priority One messages. Uh, and if you'd like to send us a voice hail, send it to 816-TREK-TNC. That's it for the hail bag. I was carrying three lemonades. The sand was burning my feet. And I stopped here. To... Ow! <laughs> If anybody wants me to, if it is like, I want to make a video from any of these, uh, feel free to uh, to just poke at me or email me or comment, and I'll and I'll. And don't forget about oh no and more. What is not MVC? Give me Well, now you don't need that one. You got to clean one for that one. And if you want to clean, I'll see now. I talk. Start it again. Start it again. My nipples. What a, what a musical episode this has been. Three lemonades. <laughs> this is impossible. Three lemonades. <laughs> Are you all right? Fit as a fiddle. <laughs> the Vandica lines are so funny because they're still bad. Even. should have a, a Vandica Devanani Rall face-off. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just sleazeballs um, unite. If wishes were horses, Andy, this is the episode we're gonna we're gonna talk about here. What we're talking about an episode? Yeah, we can't do that until we hear this jingle. And then I put the jingle in. Where did it go? <laughs> I was gonna start singing. And I literally can't remember, even though I heard it a hundred times. <laughs> we crossed many doors to many places. Your hands made us think. Of all your faces, so blue and see in your little board note. Let's talk about this week's episode. Great job, gonna be, Nacho. You're going to hear the delay, everybody. Oh, no. Can you sync it up? How long of a delay? I mean, I could, but. Oh, come on, Matt. Sync it up. Nothing. It would, it would throw everything else off. Can't you just put some room tone in there? I mean, yeah, if I wanted to put that effort in, yes, I could do that. Oh, this is this is bunk. You know we got to turn this episode out and record tomorrow and turn that one out tomorrow. Well, you right? know, you can delay it a little bit. 
And we got to do another Enterprise, another Voyager before the next the next four days. No, in the next eight days or ten days, nine days. Ten days. What are you talking about? It's February. All right. It's eight, only eight, eight days, days in February. Days. Six days. Six days, Andy. You just said there's eight days in February. So stop. It's Twenty-eight at days me. in February. There's only eight days in February. It's the shortest month. Everyone knows that. Anyway, I've made my vote. You can do what you want. And Dory's out of town this weekend. I get Henry all fucking weekend. I'm going to go crazy. I don't know what to tell you. But I bought a generator for when we lose power in this fucking blizzard. (sighs) Anyway. Is it it really going to snow? It's going to snow at elevations above. Oh, oh, not here. 500 to 900 feet. Okay. Uh, I mean, a a, a decent, I, I bet you'll see snow in Glendale. Snow in Glendale. It's my favorite Christmas movie. Here we'll just have to, it'll just flood again. Yuck. Can't get to Vegas. The 15's closed. Where are you going to? ice. Where are you going to go to Vegas? You're watching Henry. You can't go to Vegas. I know. My friend John's in town in Vegas. Although that is also a great movie. Baby in I Vegas. About, I thought about bringing Henry. Henry out. That'd be, be the worst move as a father you would have done up to, to this date. Mm. You bring him into that fucking oxygen pumping COVID machine. <laughs> Look, I might go to the rap party on Saturday. With Henry? Uh, no, I have to get a babysitter. Oh, yeah. Waiting to find out if the babysitter comes through. This is the Goldberg's rap party. In all likelihood, Matt was making reference to that I'm on hiatus. The truth is I'm probably not on hiatus. I am in the unemployed uh, seat with him. Yeah, but also, um, you know, there's another 140 people that are also unemployed now. I, look, I wasn't saying my strife is any greater than theirs. I was just, No, no. What I was saying is, welcome, everybody. I've been here for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Come on over. Sitting in a room. You want to play some golf? <laughs> sitting at a slot machine. <laughs> I haven't been at a slot machine in a long time. I do miss them. Which one do you miss the most? I couldn't even tell you right now. Okay. Honestly. Uh, Buffalo. Buffalo Diamond. That's the one I miss the most. Hmm. Uh, if Wishes Were Horses, which aired uh, thir- 16th of May, 1993. Andy, what was happening? Matt, the number one song in the U.S. was... Let's go to the alternatives. I don't remember. I think we've done all these. Number one song in the U.S. That's the way love goes by Janet Jackson. Number one song in the U.K. Five Live by George Michael and Queen. Uh, and number one alternative song, Walking in My Shoes by Depeche Mode. Have we done the Depeche Mode one? I don't even know if we've done the. Well, we've done the. We did the Queen one. That last one we've week. done. Yes. Janet Jackson was what? That's the way love goes. I don't know. That's the way love goes. That's the way love goes. That's the way love goes. I was a big Janet Jackson fan back in the day. Oh, I remember when we did this. We did this. We did this last year. Not last year, but when Star Trek TNG was in its sixth season, we did it.
right, Andy, stop singing. I want to hear Janet Jackson. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is the song where she has a long break where she like speaks French in a breathy voice at the end. Um, I think it's a different one. Um, anyways, number one movie was Dave, number one TV show that week. Matt, can you guess? 93 cheers, baby. That's right. Time uh, magazine cover, Anguish, appropriately, over Bosnia. Laters. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right. And then we have, we want to check Steinfeld. in. Haley Steinfeld. No, no, Was no. she born yet? It wasn't Haley Steinfeld. What are we doing? It's elsewhere in Trek. Oh, not Seinfeld. No, that's, that's Voyager. Right. Although <laughs> I guess we could do it here. What an idiot I am. You're not an idiot. Shh. Everyone's talking about Ant-Man. No one's talking about it. <laughs> Was that a reference to something? I was just thinking of, I just went, my brain went to Haley Steinfeld and then Hawkeye and then what's Marvel doing? Oh, Ant-Man came out. Did anyone see it? No one talks about it. I saw Elsewhere it. Elsewhere in track. Let's see what's out there. Engage. I've been doing a thing where I get a ticket and then I kind of want to see it in 3D. So I get another ticket and I canceled my 3D ticket. I probably will try and see it before it leaves 3D. Um, I thought it was Why entertaining. You, just, you wanted to see it. Why didn't you just see it in 3D? Because I like to see it with a you know packed open audience on opening night. And you're afraid that no one's going to be in the 3D. It's just going to be you and another weird old guy that has a Sony TV that still does 3D. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still my I still have my my TV does it, and I have glasses somewhere. I got to find them. I'm so sad. If anybody, if you ever hear tell any of you people of like, oh, this new TV came out. It's got all the newest technology. It's like whatever it is, 80 inch, um, but it's got access to all the good 3d technology then let me know because otherwise i'm i'm kind of sticking with your this one tvs isn't your tv like 75 inches it's 70 inches but it's all the all the all the the sort of it's like barely it's like fake 4k it's not even right, 4K. Right, right, it's right. like that yeah. era um anyway we should tell you how much andy spent on that television when it was new 70 inches five well, seven seven years ago how many years ago did you get that tv uh, a long time ago i don't remember how much i paid but it was thousands 3d my 3d tv came from an episode of attack of the show and i reviewed the sony bravia yeah and then it was going to cost so much to ship back to sony that they said you can keep it <laughs> really after i did after that was after i did the review though how much would it have cost I don't. Even, I don't even know. Actually, I don't remember. Uh, did you already play this? Yes, you already played it. Um, elsewhere for track. Elsewhere in track, rather. On May seventeenth, TNG aired "Rightful Heir." As it happens, uh, although the TNG episode aired a day later, if you go by the star dates, it happened about a day later. Uh, "Rightful Heir" took place around star date four six eight five two point two. Uh, while If Wishes Were Horses was on star date 4653.2. Do they say point when they do the logs? <laughs> Should be something I know, having heard 
hundreds and hundreds of them. It doesn't sound it weird doesn't, okay, to good. hear you. Four, six, eight, five, three, point two. Uh, I feel like they don't do that. I think they do. They don't say dot. They just say... Again, my brain always goes to all good things when Picard's running around repeating the date in his head and he's saying 47988. Is there, there's no captain's log in this one, is there? They just go right into the... I don't remember. Let's find out together, shall we? Wait, I'm not done. Thus, while Picard and company were dealing... Blocked out my screen with your... Um, we're dealing with deep questions of Klingon politics and philosophy. Cisco was meeting an old baseball player in Rumpelstiltskin. In personal news, the Okuda chronology says that Ensign Tate, who will meet in Descent Part 2, joined the Enterprise crew around this time. As tactical officer, when Dr. Crusher was in command, she came up with a plan to destroy the Lorborg's Bor- Lore ship. Also, in case nobody else mentions it, the Cheers finale aired May 20th. Remember it well. That was a big to do in in Boston, Andy. I'm sure. They had Jay Leno was in town. They did the Tonight Show live from Cheers. I remember, and they were all drunk, and everyone was plastered. Yeah. <laughs> it was really upsetting. Ken Levine had to make sure Kelsey Grammer didn't fall out a window. <laughs> it was good times. Uh, let's jump into this episode. 116 16th of May 1993 I was like whoa this is this this is taking a long time this cold open what the hell is this cold open going to be and then the cold open happened and then the credits happened and then the tele- and then the the writing credits came up and I was like oh this is not going to be good <laughs> teleplay by Nelmy Q Crawford William L Crawford and Michael Piller story by Nelmy Q Crawford and William L Crawford directed by Robert Legato too many names on that script. Everybody had some thoughts. Captain's log. Commander's log. Can't you ever just... By the way, it was, I really... I thought the Bashir hand... Like, the hand on Bashir I thought was going to be another Bashir. That would have been... I was like... So, so much funny. better. So spectacular. If that was it. the episode, was that he was <laughs> hiding that the person he most wanted to have sex with was himself. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, that would make the scene where he's like, I've got the best doctor in the galaxy. So oh, my funnier. God. He's so vain. It's, oh, oh God, that's genius, that Matt. Off. Oh, only it was great. that. That would have been I fantastic. really thought that's what it was. It's so funny because I was like, oh, that's funny. I can't believe they did that. That's great. And then I was like, no, no, it's fucking, it's Jed Zia. Jad-Zia. Jadzia. Jadzia. <laughs> Jadzia. It's Dax. Dakes? Dakes. <laughs> Let go. Let go. The place is almost deserted. There hasn't been a ship in for three days, and yet you sit there like a, a binarium hawk looking for Made prey. Made a word we know. This is your chance to relax. He does, a, he does three of those. Yeah, he does a ton of them. Holosuite program. Thank you, but I don't accept gifts from the likes of you. Who said anything about gifts? You pay like everyone else. I'm just trying to get you into the tent. I have no time for fantasies. Uh, no imagination, huh? Waste of time. Too many people dream of places they'll never go, wish for things they'll never have, instead of paying adequate attention to their real lives. I could create... A shapeshifter playmate for you. The two of you could uh, intermingle. 
That'd probably be really hot. Disgusting. Funny, he's uh, shaking that liquid glass in front of him. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's good it's bit of work. Good business. Good bit of business he's got going on there. I mean, I imagine uh, not to go down the cork road. <laughs> a couple of shapeshifters getting it on. Uh, crazy. All sorts of things they could do. <laughs> I mean, I assume it just be liquid. I, I, I think the cork pretty much nailed it. I think that's what it would be. They both be in the same bucket. Just jump into the bucket. Yeah. Thanks for living. You're not allowing young Mr. Cisco in your hollow suites, I hope. It's not what you think. It better not be. You see that thing on his hand? It's a baseball mitten. Every afternoon, the boy goes up to play. His father brought a program with famous players. You ever hear of uh, Tris Speaker or uh, Ted Williams? Or Buck Kai? Afraid not. Uh, neither did I until I made it my business to find out. With all these humans coming now... Humans. I'm going to write it and tell him it's humans. I guess the uh, universal translator, as always being a dick, is like, I'm going to make him sound like a real idiot. Even though I could easily translate baseball mitt, I'm going to make no. him say mittens. Here's what I think is happening. Uh-huh. I think he's saying the words in English. Oh, like Meaning like he's saying baseball mitten in English and he's saying human in English. Oh, interesting. But he's saying it. He's saying mitten. Uh-huh. He's, he heard it wrong. And he's saying human because that's just how he says human. <laughs> oh, I think that's good headcanon. True entrepreneur knows how to sniff the wind. Try it. Go ahead. I have no sense of smell. You don't need one to detect the important of- canon. Very interesting detail. He can see theoretically. Oh, I don't actually know if we've established this, but we were theorizing that he could theoretically see out of his whole body because. He's just making up what part of his body is what. Um, but he can't smell. Right. Interesting. Can he? What ta- if they stick to that? I don't know. I don't know. I bet. There, I feel like there would be like a. Can he taste? Also a great question. Hmm. Two good questions. Thanks. Right there. Strong. I can't even concentrate. You seem to be concentrating just fine on the junior lieutenant at the reception for Captain Stadius. She was a poor substitute for you. And the betazoid envoy who was here last week. A barely adequate substitute for you. Julian, you are a wonderful friend. I enjoy the time we spend together. Stop. You're driving a stake through my heart. Try a high-pitched sonic shower. It'll make you feel better. Uh, Ah, medical shower. I've already tried it. This guy. So every time they end a scene, I'm like, crap. Any credits? <laughs> no. Okay. You couldn't go to credits after that. <laughs> Just like Julian being a pushy annoyance. <laughs> Sorry, I'm late. I was having dinner with Julian. How is our young doctor? Young. That is. Anything going on? There are little colors at- of Jadzia in this episode that uh, that also point toward her character in a way that I feel like we've. 
kind of as of yet has done very little and i think that is that really does frame all of her interactions thus far for me a little bit more that she's like unbothered by this because she's been you know horny annoying guys she's been uh on both sides of the equation many times and uh and she sees him as a youth like just a dopey youth um even though he's probably a little bit worse than that but uh at least thus far in the show but i really uh i really like that color on jedzia get an unusual energy reading elevated thorin emissions in the plasma field we thought it might be an environmental byproduct created by the increased traffic in this area it could be ships have always avoided the denorius belt and we have no idea how the presence of so many warp and impulse engines might affect it question is is this going to cause us any problems we were hoping you could tell us it's weird it's kind of funny it's like that's why we asked you you're the fucking science officer oh i like you reading a little bit of salt underneath it I oh it was great i don't know that i don't know that you did you not that. read that no. you didn't read it like that i thought it was no. that's funny yeah, i was sort of like, reading it as just like well if you want to tell us then that'd be great <laughs> And the messenger from the queen watched the little man as he danced and sang and laughed. How he would soon have the daughter he always wanted, because they would never guess that his name was... Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpelstiltskin, right. And the next day, when the little man came and asked, Now, Mrs. Queen, what is my name? She said at first. Well, I... Yeah, this is originally going to be a leprechaun, and Colmini was like, "No." Yeah, that seems like a really good call on Colmini's part. <laughs> he's like, "I'm not going to do that." <laughs> he, his quote is: "Every Irish actor I know has worked his entire life to overcome the stereotype of Irish people in leprechauns. It's really racist, and I don't want to do it." <laughs> good for him. Is it though? I mean, where else do leprechauns exist? You mean he would have been telling mythology about Ireland, and that would have been... Yeah. It is more organic here than it would have been else otherwise. I think he probably foresaw in his head what it would have been, which is there would have been a little person with an outrageous Look, Irish accent that he was playing against. In a, in a very Irish area. Yeah. Uh, I feel like leprechauns are just there, man, you know? You ever go to a Celtics game? What do, you, what, do you, what do you think our fucking logo is? It's a leprechaun. Yeah, well, there are problems with many of the basketball and and sports logos that have <laughs> lasted through time. Mm. But I yes, you're. I, you know, I understand. You also might be onto something. Under his own name, the old man was so furious that he stamped his foot, shaking the entire kingdom, and he broke in two. And- <laughs> I'd like to know how. If it was like originally framed as him reading a story to Molly or telling a story to Molly, or if it was if it was written as O'Brien just daydreaming about leprechauns, <laughs> <laughs> it must have been a story. <laughs> just make believe. Rumpelstiltskin isn't real, okay? All right, I'll come in and check. But then it's bedtime. Miles, are Why you are you painting another picture of a leprechaun?
<gasps> well, don't look so distraught. I'm only here to offer you my services, if you should need them. Always tricky when you hire someone for their stature. Uh, and uh, this guy turns in a fantastic performance, I think. He's very funny. He doesn't overplay. I also was like, I'm not super... Fr- I mean, I know Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. I know all the beats of... Well, not all the beats, but like a lot of the beats of Rumpelstiltskin I remember in my head. I feel like this guy plays him... nicer than Rumpelstiltskin is? <laughs> well, it's a thing I kind of like about this episode is that all three of the characters, and it makes sense, obviously, with the later reveal, and so maybe that's why you couldn't go as dark is like they're all sort of just like with all the other shit going on they're kind of just like Rebel Stiltskin just like so what do you think you want to make that deal now <laughs> just kind of like hanging around and <laughs> you know I just I just saying I want your kid so uh, and he's still also, evil it's, it, but it's, it's like it's, it's, it's very casual. telling that every everybody including Odo yeah. you know has like a sort of a fun sort of imagination thing happen Except Kira, who imagines the pylon blowing up and a man on fire running towards her. Yeah, is that just trauma, like war trauma? Like, is that what oh, that's it's, saying? It's gotta be, right? Yeah. Is that, that's all she thinks about. It's yeah. constantly the worst things that can happen. So upsetting. Poor Kira. So where's the straw? I assume you want gold spun from straw. What are you? Well, surely you must know. You were just telling the little one all about me. I know what you look like. You were just telling the little one all about me. Hey, here. <laughs> That's what it would have been. And you didn't think that would make me break in two and disappear, did you? <laughs> Not this time. I learned my lesson back in the kingdom. I don't make deals like that anymore. The local constabularies. Gents, show me a small bit of courtesy and I'll be very pleasant. But try and lay a hand on me and you'll soon regret it. I like how they're both like, we'll show him some courtesy. We'll put our phasers away. <laughs> I'm much too fast for you. And now, my good host, if gold is not your pleasure, tell me your needs and I'll tell you my price. Brian DeSisco. Go ahead, Chief. I need you in my quarters on the top. Look at this guy lounging. Have you ever seen a captain or commander lounge the way that Cisco is lounging there? He is chilled I, yeah, out. I feel like I feel like I haven't. I mean, so not I guess since Cisco Janeway and most comfortable. Not since Janeway and Chakotay's tub have I seen a, a person in authority, a Starfleet person. I will say, I, I admire. I admire. Ben Cisco's uh, non-questioning. I'm gonna get up and go. Of course, he said I need you in my quarters immediately. Yeah, he's like, okay, no, not a not a, not a second has not a second of hesitation, and he's and he's as you say, the most comfortable looking person on the planet. Yeah. Well, I just what did I do? Mute everything? I don't even know. Hmm. My way. I even finished I'm saying on my way yeah. and he's up it's amazing I, I don't have that in me I don't have time <laughs> <laughs> the thing 
you're most impressed with is someone being able to oh, break man. their way away from relaxation and and, uh, and just do something. Yeah. <laughs> he, he followed me home from the hall suite. This is a fantastic uh, performance by, I'm going to get it wrong, I apologize, Kyun Young, who is Mr. Wu from Deadwood as Buck Bakai. Who's also Sato's dad. Oh, that's right. He's like, what are you talking about, Captain Archer? He's Why also are you calling really me? good in this episode. My wife is, my, my daughter's dead? She disappeared on a transporter? What are you saying? It's kind of interesting that the problem in this episode to me I mean we're gonna guess get more into it as we go is just sort of like these things keep happening we've seen it before in Star Trek it's people fantasizing and then the things come real and then it's like we're waiting for the other shoe to drop and it doesn't drop until the very end and it just doesn't seem like enough is happening to support the rest of the episode um, but then on the plus side it's like I like how um Buck Bakai is sort of just just hanging out, having little charming conversations with Cisco. <laughs> it's just kind of nice and fun, but it's it's not enough to support the episode. But like, also like that that meeting they have when they're all together. Yeah, like that 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 Legion of Doom meeting. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I still am confused as to what they're purposes it's a very weird i guess it's i, I feel like that's the scene, end he's like i'm an explorer like you oh yeah they have the thing of like yes but it's not working or it's what i guess it's about yeah. that they haven't gotten the information about imagination yet or i guess it's it's more like they're not engaging like they expected uh you know bashir to have sex with the fake jedzia and Etc. You know, they expected more them to engage more, and they're all sort of like, now we got to deal with this other thing. Although they're all fully engaging with Dax's weird fantasy of the universe blowing up. Hmm. <laughs> Again, I wish this was another year. <laughs> so funny. <gasps> Jadzia. Hello, Julian. Uh, what are you doing here? Watching you, uh, waiting for you to wake up. I'm awake. <laughs> uh, Is something wrong? Uh, funny. I was about to ask you the same question. It, it mm, must be this Lerosian virus that's been going around. How do you Made feel? Made a bird word, we know. Uh, mm, um, mm, no, no fever. <laughs> um, it must be me. Must be me. Must be me. Uh, uh, must be an allergic reaction to the reclamated antipast. Give props to Bashir, who has been nothing but a creep thus far. That he, you know, he stops Jadzia from uh, giving a full court press to make sure that she's, you know, mentally, you know, not impaired. It's a, it's a good moment for him that we haven't seen many the, of. But he's not hallucinating. Well, that is her second thing. Yes. So I had at lunch. Uh, perhaps oh, I must be hallucinating. Why are you fighting this? Why am I fighting this? Why am I fighting this? Uh, I have no good answer to that question. All senior officers report to ops immediately. Okay. I get it. Very funny. Did O'Brien put you up to this? 
I don't know what you're talking about. Senior officers to ops, we all walk in, everybody has a good laugh at my expense. This is not a joke, Julian. We'll see. If it is a joke, here's my question. If it is a mm. prank, and the prank is, I'm going to come in and I'm going to really heavily make out with you, and then we're going to go in and everybody's going to laugh at you. This is kind of an okay trade-off for Bashir, isn't it? <laughs> you weren't getting anywhere anyway. It depends on how you feel about pranks. I guess that would probably bother me. You know, if you didn't come up in the academy with a pranksman, then mm-hmm. it's just going to be foreign to you. His pranksman in that moment when it was foiled was like, damn. This has been dead for 200 years. Don't look at me. I can't figure it out either. And a medieval like fairy that delivery. character named Rumpelstiltskin. Oh, fine. Now everyone knows my name. Until today, he only existed in storybooks. Uh, pleasure. I'm, I'm sure. And a top of the morning to ya. The increased thoron emissions in the plasma field. Thoron emissions? I think you'd better ask me, Benjamin. I didn't notice that before, that because Jadzia calls her out for being for being uh, timid later or, you know, subservient. She also he also envisioned her being dumb. (laughs) Like she doesn't know as much as the real Jadzia. (laughs) Unless it's just that Bashir doesn't know it. This would have been a great opportunity to bring back someone from classic Trek. As uh, someone that they like fantasize to have, like, about, to have like to have like Cisco or someone reading about some adventure of Kirk or something like that. That's true. And then you know, he, whatever, who cares? You know what? You kind of raise they an just, interesting they point. They just had James do it on TNG at this point. So there is that know. TOS episode where you know he is he imagines Lincoln and Spock imagines mm-hmm. you know right. Zephyr Cochran's uncle. What? Oh yes. Um. And, uh, I mean, amongst many others. And that, it's like there's a threat, there's an enemy that, that's really intimidating. Um, I don't know. Something that feels more weighty. All these things that happen are kind of a little bit shallow, it feels to me. They're nice, but they're. I shallow. still don't know what this. I don't. I still don't know what this episode's about. Like conceptually, I get the idea of like uh, human imagination being very unique to humans. Yeah, uh, and another alien culture being fascinated by that. But I would like more of an exploration of that rather than that being the at the end. This is what we say. Yeah, I think they wait too long to pull the reveal. Well, under the ball lately, Ben. We would have worked on some base running, except uh, he was getting hungry, and I realized I was too. A hologram with an appetite? Hologram? On the contrary. Yeah, they're just pretending the whole real. time, and then it's like... They all seem to be. What the hell are they talking about, Ben? What, this is all bullshit. So later on, it's just like, hey, that was all bullshit. You. Yeah. You're not actually Bug Bukai. So how come I'm wearing his uniform? You're a holographic image of Buck Bokai that I created so Jake and I could play ball with you. But I remember. I remember all the games, all the opening days. The Homer that won the 42 World Series. The squeaker that went under Eddie Newsom's glove. The day I broke DiMaggio's consecutive streak. 
I programmed it into the computer. All of it. Every statistic. What foreign tongue are they speaking? This one didn't come out of any hollow suite. But he did come out of your imagination, just as Buck came out of Jake's. His imagination? Then I must have come out of your imagination, Julian. Oh, not necessarily. Well, maybe. How could this sort of thing possibly happen? A subspace disruption? Maybe some kind of dimensional shift? I didn't they did see a cross. Dex cross Dex. It's impressive for the time. They cross Dex. <laughs> I thought Point. when they did that the that ridiculous like split screen of them, I was like, "Ooh, boy!" They're, I guess they're not going to do much. <laughs> it looked fine to me, honestly. Cross it. it looked a little obvious to me. Whatever falls in there is just gone. You were right. It is some kind of subspace disruption. I want a full analysis. Chief, get a class four probe ready. Aye, sir. Is there anything I can do to help? <laughs> it's kind of funny. Auto to ops. Go ahead. Snow's disappeared, but now there's a Goomji jockdaw running loose around here. Just try to keep things under control, Odo. Very We're bold, made up word, made up word. Understood. Come along now. Hello. I wish he said move along home. Yeah. To remind us of the other shitty episode this year. Do you think this is a full out shitty episode? It's hmm. a good question. I like I like more elements of this than of of the move along home. Yeah. Mostly the baseball stuff. Please. And all androgynous creatures, your attention, please. As you may have Is noticed, we're experiencing progressive or regressive, and all androgynous creatures. I think had he not said creatures, yes, yes, it would have been progressive. Yeah, like he said, and all androgynous. Leave it at that. Right. Please. I'm going to have to ask you all to please. But then again, because he's a shapeshifter and everyone's a creature to him, uh-huh. I don't know. To him, it's like just Refrain saying living from beings. using your imaginations. Yeah. Oh, just because you don't have an imagination, don't ruin it for the rest of us. Let me guess. Another clever Federation experiment has gone awry and you've turned the whole station into one vast hollow suite. The phenomenon is being investigated as we speak. Uh-huh. Well, uh, tell them to take their time. I haven't had a chance to show the ladies my collection of Tataris landscapes yet. <laughs> hmm, made a point I'm surprised know. by your attitude, Quark. Ah, uh, yes. Well, you simply don't have the same appreciation for art as I do. Here's a question. Yes. I feel like this is a nitpick. What does Quark, who has access to all these holosuites, care about these fake ladies? Well, as Bashir said, they're not fake. They're real. Uh-huh. I see. So. He likes them they gotta because be, they seem more They real. gotta be a little better than the holosuite, right? 
The difference between no. replicated food and real food? No, that's not possible. Let me yeah. through. He forgets about this by the next scene. She's looking for the ladies Once. again. I like this. Play that Julian, line. there's really no need to apologize. In a way, I feel as if we've invaded your privacy. We all have fantasies and dreams we keep to ourselves. Thoughts that should remain private. I'm glad you understand. Of course I do. I was a young man. Once. So we can put all this behind us? Of course. Good. The computer seems to be having trouble finding a match. She really is submissive, isn't she? Is that how you want me to be, Julian? So submissive? I am not submissive. Am I? Uh, no. Um, uh, well, I don't think so. I'm just not the cold fish you are. Cold fish? Now, I, uh, never said that. If you'd get down off your high horse, you'd start to appreciate Julian. <laughs> <laughs> she, she has a sense of humor, as, as I've always imagined you do. I could use one about now. Come on, Lieutenant, stop denying all those yearnings you feel. Yearnings? If you don't, you'll never know what you missed. Pattern match found. Just in the nick of time. I do like that similar scene. I think it's very smart. First of all, it's, I think it's smart for her to sort of, you know, say the young man thing. Uh, and that, as I said, that kind of gives me a little shading on that character and how she's been seeing all of this, uh, you know, these annoyances up till now. Um, and then also, uh, uh, I think it's funny to have the imaginary one, the imaginary version kind of start getting under her skin. <laughs> This is because she represents what Julian wants her to be. It's, uh, it's well, I also like well that she's spending time convincing the real Jedzia right. to get on board the Bashir train. Right. Meanwhile, more than half the people aboard DS9 have reported manifestations of their imagined thoughts. I feel like if that was true, there would be much more havoc on this fucking station. Well, I don't know. Like In a given day, are you really imagining anything that outlandish? I mean, I'm probably imagining some terrible things happening, but um, no, I think I, I, I there'd just be better food in my kitchen. That'd be nice, but you wouldn't notice it in ops. Uh-huh. I mean, Jadzia imagined this, you know, interstellar disaster only because she was told to fucking figure it out. Uh huh. So really, it's Kira's fault. Probe is penetrating the Thoron field. Two and a half minutes to coordinates. Ah, for simpler times, eh? Idly, idly, do. I only want to help. You're in the way. You'll not get me gold. Gary <laughs> once tried to chase me off until I saved his crops from locusts. Two minutes to coordinates. Why does he lean on locusts? I thought that locusts were going to appear. Well, I think he leaned on it to be like, I can I can save crops from many things, including locusts, yeah. which is very impressive. Thirty seconds to coordinates. Thorn emission patterns unstable. This show like, there is no there is no uh, there's no uh, 
impending danger to to Keiko and Molly. No, until because the very end because they've played Rumpelstiltskin as kind of a of a fun rascal. Um, that threat isn't really there. The threat of the anomaly is kind of very in the background. So it doesn't seem like that's that threatening. So really we're meant to lean on the fantasy part of it as the main driving force of the plot. And we don't know what's going on with that. So right. It's a little tricky. Um, In this scene, you might want to get your air horn ready, Matt. Mm, Let me see what I can do. Probe hole temperature dropping rapidly. Ten seconds. Actually, it might the be the next approaching scene. approaching the perimeter of the anomaly. That's strange. What is it? Negative readings on all sensors. We may be looking at some sort of <laughs> That's space. it. That's the one. Let's see what the optical scanner on the probe gives. <laughs> it's around Classic. 2645. Classic. You're on a space station in the 24th century. The only ball field around is a holographic simulation. It's not real, and neither are you. Oh, you see, I don't get it. I can pinch myself and it hurts. And I am here with you, aren't I? Right now you are. But in a minute, who knows? I hope when we get this thing figured out, you'll... Disappear for good? I hope so. Oh, you do, huh? Well, so let's just say for a moment I don't. So what am I supposed to do, huh? You got room on your team for a switch-hitting third baseman with good power? Good power from the left side. Left side? Ben! Hey! Hey, Ben! What are you talking about? I hit over 20 homers right-handed in each of my first three years in the majors. And never more than 10 after that. That was because Old Crow moved me to second in the order. I wish I had more time for this. Well, that was baseball's epitaph, wasn't it? Nobody seemed to have time for us anymore. You know, I could have played five more years if they hadn't killed the game. You were the best that ever played. I know. I've played with them all. I've got work to do. I mean, it's a charming scene, but the look. But Buck Bakai is lying the whole time, so it's like in the end, it's like, well, what were we? uh, What are we heading for? Yeah, what were we talking about, and why did we? I mean, that very sweet moment about the World Series and him being one of the only people there. Yes, and then the but it's like the other half of the story. It's got all the all these these imaginations, and then the other half of the story is if I was like. I love, the, the whole idea of using a holodeck for baseball is like the greatest thing ever to me. Is that what you would do first? Oh, I would love it. Mm-hmm. I would recreate Fenway Park and I would make it so I was hitting dangers. Yeah. I think it'd be like every ball I hit is a home run. You don't want to computer. You don't want a legitimate test of your abilities, man. No, because I can't <laughs> compete with the pros. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I need a holodeck for the two things in my holodeck would be oh, Star Trek and it really baseball. Meant a lot to me. Yeah, how much you care? That day we won the World Series. There were only three hundred people in the stands. Three hundred one in my version. I heard you cheering. Meant a lot to me. What does he mean? I just thought you should know. You know. What? What does he mean? I heard you cheering. He means that he heard him cheering. Because this Buck Bakai only... Oh, he's just saying in the holodeck program. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. 
That's his. That's how he remembers the World Series. Right, right, right. Got it. Guess I do finally disappear. That's the baseball that I almost bought you, Matt. (laughs) Oops. It was in an auction. There's a lot of baseballs in this show. That could have been any a number of baseballs. Glad I didn't buy it for you now. We don't know any more than when we started. Why would mine create a woman and then reject her? Why would mine create a dwarf that could terrify him? We should abandon the whole thing. Not yet. I made a connection with mine. A curious one. I sense a feeling from him. An affection for this ball player who died 200 years before he was even born. And how much longer do you suggest we devote to this? As long as it takes. <laughs> it ain't over till it's over. So... It does add up. That scene does track with what it turns out to be at the end. It makes sense. But it is yeah. funny because because Rumpelstiltskin's point is probably <laughs> is probably the more accurate one, which is, how, how long are we going to be doing this? What's, where, where are we, what, what's going on? <laughs> what are we getting out of this? <laughs> this is bad writing. Oh, boy. Only whiffed, detonated a pulse wave torpedo at the coordinates of the tear. Five minutes after they did, the rupture expanded radically. They were wiped out, along with the entire Hanoli system. What happened to the rupture after that? You're ready, Matt. It's not still there. It reached a critical mass point and imploded, and then disappeared from normal space altogether. Were there any reports from the Vulcans about hallucinations on board? Anything similar to what we're experiencing? No, sir. But they were only within range of the anomaly for 12 hours. And Vulcans don't have the most active imaginations. Were there any... There you go. Was that it? Was it? But we do know there were no wormholes and very little starship activity in the area. I don't think it was going to be teed up for like 10 minutes. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Rift expands it all before imploding. We have to be prepared. Root auxiliary power to shields. Major, I'd like for you to coordinate evacuation of the pylons. Odo can help you. Dismissed. Here to Odo. What is it, Major? I need you to do a security sweep through the pylons. We're going to evacuate them. Get the birds. Oh my god, there are ostriches on the ship. Get out of the corridor, let them through. Clear the way now. Clear the way, clear the way, clear really it all the way that, like, home. Getting the birds off the promenade is like more important than clearing the pylons of people. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah. And then Kira has her sexy fantasy. <laughs> almost getting, watching a person get burned alive. Kira out! Lower pylon one is gone! I need emergency! It almost sounded like Bashir's scream. Major Kira. Um, let's see. Oh. So this is the baseball from his desk. That's interesting. I told you it was. All personnel in lower pylon one. Report to Outer Ring Airlock. I always assumed it was there, you know? It could have been yours. 
busy. Don't. I mean, the provenance is questionable on that, so. <laughs> Scare them! One minute they're whispering sweet nothings in my ear, the next minute the sweet nothings are gone! Will you get off the street before. The ostriches! Oh, I've been looking everywhere for you. Why do they disappear? I think they turn into these girls. Oh. I think the two ostriches are these girls. Oh, no. Quark's as been far having as I can sex tell. with ostriches. You don't know what he's doing. What if what if what if what if Quark just really enjoys you know showboating around? You mean he's not doing anything? He's just showing off. Yeah. Can. So uh Odo, uh what have you conjured up during all this? Hmm? Me. I should have guessed. Nothing at all. I've spent all my time chasing incarnations of the prophets, long-dead lovers, goonji jackdaws, blizzards, trollops. Ah, as I always said, a man without any imagination. Come along, my dears. I'll show you what a fertile imagination can do. <laughs> I didn't notice in the middle of that, one of the things he says is long-dead lovers. What a sad side story. <laughs> It's a poor, it's a poor person's long dead lover appeared and then disappears by the end of the episode. What a downer! Uh. Um. Are you cutting the silence? What's happening? No, sorry. I was replying to an email. I guess I should have vamped. Here's the thing. I think Odo is the kind of guy uh, who... Uh, I kind of find this a boring fantasy um, that we head for. He's he's not... Um, but it's like... it's that's, the, that's, that's as far as he could go. I thought... Yeah. You know what I mean? That's as far as it's he like can as far imagine. as his imagination would take him. Yeah, was to him doing his job a little better. But the the tricky part about things like this is it it is revealing the characters' inner lives, and I guess this is a very surface inner life that they're revealing. That's really part of the problem. Except for, I mean, I guess even Bashir, it's like man, everybody knows that he's into Dax. Right. There's nothing that revealing about any of these things. Hmm. See how obsessed Bombs. Cisco Requested is with baseball. Will take approximately three minutes. Let me out of here! Let me out of here! Get the Nagus on subspace. I want to talk to him, and I mean now. I'm not spending another minute in this cell. How did you get in there? How did I get in here? You put me in here. Oh. I guess I did, didn't I? <laughs> eh. <laughs> no imagination indeed. <laughs> yeah, it's fine, it's cute. Although I was like... <laughs> Is his goal to, like, if he gets Jake to play in the holodeck instead of doing homework, they win? Or well, what is the goal there? 
I guess in just engage with him and not do homework. I know he would. It's vague. Well, if that's true, why are you still thinking about going? I'm trying not to. But you're wondering if you can get away with it, aren't you? Well. Uh, I couldn't understand the directions. This is the weirdest uh, the thing. The computer accidentally erased the instruction page. And he's like, you really expect me to believe that? Imagining his father watchdogging no, him? <laughs> <laughs> it's his fantasy. And if the aliens want him to do it, why would they bring, let really Cisco appear? I don't know. I guess That's the aliens question. don't really understand what what they're doing. So they're like, I don't know, just he think about his father. Let his father appear. Torpedoes ready. Status of shields. All available power has been transferred. Reading shield strength at 158% above normal. Let's hope it's enough. Red alert. Fire! All systems functioning properly. Torpedo guidance is on nominal track. 30 seconds to coordinates. Impulse sustainer throttling down. Arming pulse wave initiator. Torpedo hold temperature dropping. Activating pulse waves. Compression level at 1400 and rising. 20 seconds. Compression at 2900. 3000. Terminal targeting spread confirmed. 3500. Holding compression. 10 seconds. They're not afraid Ready to go to into detonate. their techno battle. Ready, sir. Five seconds. Now. All right. So if you go to close, 34. Man. Okay. Just before 34. Magnify. It's the famous line, Matt. <laughs> that was it. Um, yeah, this show. This is what I was going to say. One side of it is the imagined people. And then the other side of it is some kind of, you know, admirably dry tech talk that doesn't even sort of, you know, in TNG, I think they really mastered the art of having them talk out the technical aspects of whatever it is they had to do or they were figuring it out, but have it feel kind of dramatic and, you know, like it was tying it to emotion and the issues at hand. Here they really are just like a bunch of engineers hashing out a situation, which is right. admirable, but it sort of, you know, makes it a little tough in terms of feeling like the stakes, you know. Well, it's hard to like, I mean, I, I, I think if there was like, again, if there was like a more of a ticking clock. I know it's like the Bajoran system might be swallowed by this anomaly. Yeah. But I feel like there needed to be a more visual, visual immediate danger in the station. Yeah. From earlier on in the script. Because there's like two thirds of this where you're just sort of like going like, okay, well, what is this? What are they doing? Why are who are these imaginary beings? What are they? Are they, are they Who are these imaginary they, beings? <laughs> That's my uh, closer, actually. Um, 
like the, are they nefarious and like that scene with them the only thing of nefarious about that scene where they're all together is the music right <laughs> none of their dialogue is actually nefarious right which interestingly this is kind of how it plays out i don't remember the the tos episode but where they're all imagining you know dangerous things and then they're sort of enjoying them but they're also being threatened um, and then they figure that figure it out at the end. It's kind of a similar end to this one, where it's like, man, we didn't really mean anything by it. We were sort of just trying to entertain you. And this one is like, hey, we were just trying to connect with you. And it's kind of like, okay. all right, well, that's fine. And somehow it was there was more of a threat and a confusion in the original episode. I guess we've been seeing it done a lot here. Have your deputies move everybody out of Section 4. We have shield damage. Acknowledged. What are we getting from the rift? Sensors aren't operating. Stand by, sir. I can't feel my hands. Lie still. Lie still. There's an emergency medical kit in the cabinet there. Get it? <laughs> the way Bakai responds <laughs> to that. Bakai's, yes. I'll get it. I mean, to me, it looks like he's going to take the, the, the kit and he's going to, like, fastball it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, what are you doing? I'm sorry. <laughs> My nipples. There you go. I never meant to bother you. No, no. You didn't bother me. So what's this moment? He's just sort of falling in love with her. He's... I can't keep my eyes open. Don't close your eyes. I want... What do you mean? Like, what is happening in this moment? He knows she's sort of fake. Yeah, I think he's also like, as his, you know, his scans reveal that she's a real being. Uh-huh. And I think he's being a doctor here. I guess in retrospect, it's the giving the aliens a chance to connect with them. Except we don't know that, so. Hmm. It's like, what are we supposed to take from him taking her seriously when he knows she's a fake Jedzia. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Being completely neutralized. It's just a matter of time before the rift starts expanding again. How much time? Minutes. Suggestions. I think we should all get a pint. Run out I agree. <laughs> I have a suggestion. Maybe I can help. You you created me with powers beyond those of mortal men. And I would be more than happy to use them to assist you. For a price. Ooh. I've always wanted a daughter. Smiles? <laughs> this is kind of nice how menacing it gets at the end. He is like, but like, he, even the way he says it, it's like, oh, you have. That's, oh, bud. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that menacing. It's like that said. He yeah, didn't have like, a daughter. Yeah, yeah he really. He, all this whole time, is, he just he just wanted a kid. You may be uh, you may be uh, looking at that through the eyes of a guy who is uh, does excellent adventure. <laughs> Damn it! Will you meet my price? This is crazy. You're out of a storybook, a fairy tale. Are you willing to give her up? To save so many others? No. Need to the many. Outweigh the need to the few. When did our sensors first pick up? Tra- <laughs> <laughs> <Did> you understand? <laughs> That's the lesson. It's always the lesson in Star Trek. Don't you get it? <laughs> Some might argue that was a lesson in the previous episode. Kira had to learn it. 
<laughs> and you'll all learn it soon enough. <laughs> Scanners to identify. So you but you were talking to Brian Key. Space rupture, and that's exactly <laughs> what it turned out to be. Everything's something big. Is what I imagined. He was in it. <laughs> and once you learned about the rift that destroyed the Hanoli system, we all imagined that we might have another just like it. Mr. O'Brien, drop the shields. Sir? There is no rupture. There is no threat to the station or this system. And red alert and drop the shields. Aye, sir. <laughs> Just blows up. Brian. End of series. <laughs> it's important that you believe it. Aye, sir. That part I would have a lot of trouble. Are your sensors picking up any magnetic shock waves, Major? Yes, sir. Perimeter reading still showing. No shock waves at all. I like that Cisco defeats us just like by force of personality. Yeah, it is very Ciscoian. Lieutenant, proton counts. Normal. She didn't even look. It's gone. You're going to be fine. Of course I am. Again, if this was this line is delivered by Bashir. Turn the galaxy. <laughs> so much better. Best turn the galaxy. I'll always wish we had sex. <laughs> always. None of this makes any Goodbye. sense. Goodbye. <laughs> I mean, why did they appear in the first place? And how come they I got a flaming guy? The elevated thorn emissions in the plasma field. <laughs> All I saw was a guy on fire. <laughs> you saw a baseball person. <laughs> I got really screwed in this adventure. <laughs> you, you, uh, you saw. You had this, you had this version of her that wanted to bone you, and I got a guy that was on fire running towards me. <laughs> it's out of my bench. Major, keep us on yellow alert for the next twenty-six hours till we see that everything is back to normal. Wonder how he decided twenty-six hours. Chief, it's the best take your family home. That's an order. Aye, sir. He really chills admirably in this kind of uncomfortable looking chair, too. <laughs> Seems so chill. So relaxed. Oh, at the left corner of the screen is yeah. the ball. This imagination. Is the ball now in place of the saucer section on a ship, or it's just next to the next to a uh, a model of a ship? It's a Dauntless class. Oh, that's and then they have a or ball at the front. Deadless class? No, that, that 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 is that is the saucer section. Uh, it's huge though. Like it's a ton of decks. Not dauntless class. Deadless. Deadless maybe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at me. Look at my brain. Let me see. Oh, that's funny. I thought that he had he had done some cute thing where he put the baseball on the front of a ship. <laughs> I was like, oh, he worked uh, he worked fast with that. <laughs> and then they, and then the the next variation of that was the Olympic class, which was that. Oh, it's cool. You see how many? There's a lot of space in there. Seems like it would make more that sense was, actually than the other. That ones. was Beverly Picard's. Oh. 
ship, remember? From All Good Things. Oh, wow. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to address why it didn't turn out like All Good Things. Yeah, they'll just go. Eh, Q, you know. Mission <laughs> of yours. It's a tough concept for us to get a handle on, Ben. You're not simply a figment of my imagination, are you? We're on an extended mission exploring the galaxy. A while back, we followed one of your ships through that hole in space out there. We've been watching you, trying to figure out the rules of your game. Why didn't you just talk to us like this? Well, we've learned that you can never tell how someone will treat the visiting team. I understand. That's what this has been all about. Learning to understand. Was it really necessary to put the whole station in jeopardy? Oh, but we didn't, Ben. It was you. It was your imaginations that created everything. We were just watching to see where it took you. Ah, this imagination of yours. We have never seen anything like it. It's very real to all of you, but yet it's not. At first, it seemed to us to be a curse, an irritation. That older fellow even called it a waste of time. I disagree with him. I knew you would. I learned that about you. We're best friends, you know. Such an affection (laughs) for someone you never even met. I wonder if you appreciate how unique that imagination of yours really is. By the way, this is what I really look like. (laughs) We got to go. But you haven't told us anything about your species. I'd like to. Maybe next year. I think this is a real missed opportunity. Because he should have said, maybe next season. Which is probably what they meant. Then people would be like, ah, it's a TV show. Well, I think we mean the next TV season. it also could mean next baseball season. So there's a defense. But then they're like, oh, what is it? I think you're crazy. I think it would have worked diegetically. It would have worked non-diegetically. It would have been perfect. I think they would have been like, ah, ah." after the leprechaun incident, they probably would have been like, (laughs) there's no bearing on this. See, and then he takes the baseball away. That's his Somebody's after somebody's lucky charms. We can't do this. This is offensive. Ah, my lucky charms. <laughs> what do you think of this episode, Andy? <laughs> Let's go MVC this thing, and I know what we can finally play. That Andy, who's the MVC? the MVC? Will it be Cisco, Dax, or Kieran and Reese? It can't be Worf until season four, but there's a Brian, Bashir, and even Quark. And don't forget about Odo and Borg. What is not MVC? Give me it. Fucking greatest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Honestly. You'd be on your like, feet. I really think that that should be like I want to give the MVC to. You don't remember his name. You were going to give it to Dick the person Warlock. who wrote this. Oh, Dick Warlock, you did it. Can I? No, he's not on the show, huh? Well, we who said is it. the most valuable crew member here? I guess it's Cisco again, right? Yeah. Because he. I mean, I would say Dax, except Dax created the problem in the first place. Right. <laughs> uh... Yeah, it's definitely Cisco. So Cisco. Everything else was bullshit. That's why it doesn't matter. Hmm. 
That's true. Also, you could argue that maybe even Cisco isn't the MVC because they were never in any... I guess they were in danger because Dax put them in danger. I guess Imagine Danger is still real danger. But the only person who got hurt in this entire thing was Imaginary Dax. Right. So was there ever any danger, actually? Well, I feel like... I guess we don't know what's going on exactly with the... The aliens, but the way I interpret it is that they put them in real danger because they don't understand anything about them. Well, they seem to communicate with them pretty well for people that don't really understand anything about them. Um, I got about Odo and Morn. Okay. <laughs> How many Andy's does this episode get? Um, you come up with new ones for those guys. Um, what are you shaking your head at? I'm like I don't know what to give this. Like I don't even know what I just watched. It's not a yeah. I mean it's it's you know it's got cute moments. It's got good performances. Um, you do find out a little bit about the characters, but it just is kind of like they they hide the ball, which means sort of not saying what the plot is the whole time. And there's nothing in my opinion. It's like okay, there's that threat, but you don't really feel. This is another thing I was going to say about. The one thing that I think was revealed about Dax is that she seems very blasé about the danger. (laughs) And I kind of like that as an aspect of like, you know, I don't know if this is where they're going to go with her character that that she uh, she's lived so many lives that she's kind of like, um, you know. Uh, it'll be okay, or it won't be okay. You know, it'll be fine. <laughs> like it's kind of you know very balanced about right. all of it. But anyway, um, yeah, it's just not. It doesn't. There's nice little color. It's like the whole episode is just a series of little color scenes. And while usually I like that, I don't feel like they're really digging deep on any of these characters. Really, the the diggest right. they di- they dig in is sort of revealing um, Kira's you know nightmare and you don't really explore it at all although i do really like buck Bakai. i give it a four but 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 what about buck Bakai? <laughs> so i gave it a four buck Bakai. i will say yeah i think that's just about right because it's worse than an average right right and it's like also a little bit it's worse than an average it's worse than average but above bad yeah that's fair so it really isn't that like little tiny sliver of rating right that is a four or a four and a half yeah and I'm gonna give it a four as well yeah there you go because it really is like because if you look at the I think the bad version of this we already saw the I mean the worst version of this we've already seen this season it was called Move Along Home right where it was fake danger again right um with little explanation to actually what was going on yeah and this one you got little explanation of what was going on but also but character moments in in that the danger was imagined from each of our main characters so you found out a little bit about them whereas with that move along home it was just a game Uh that didn't change regardless of who was playing right and that's how i feel about that andy do we watch trailers anymore on the show oh yes somebody i'm sorry i should have 
stack this. Somebody sent us. Do you have the trailers? I think I, I did send it to you. It probably. It should be in your email. Um, somebody somebody sent us some very nice crewman whose name I don't remember now. Uh, sent us a list of. But the, don't forget about Odo. Oh no, everybody! It's Luxana Troy. That's who sent it. No, no, that's oh. that's who's visiting us in the next episode of D Space Nine. Oh, people were warning us. <laughs> All right. Uh. I'm sorry. What was that? Episode's called the F- Forsaken. Okay, thank you. I'm gonna look this up. It's from Stephen see, Puckin. Let's see what we can do. Or Pukin? Pukin? Sorry, one of those has got to be right. Uh, thank you, Stephen, for sending us these. I don't know if you used his links, but you where had... is Stephen? Where is that link? It's, I don't it's have Stephen P U K I N. No, no. I but where would I find it? I sent, I emailed it to you. Okay. Who cares? In that. Do you want me to Stephen, find it? I wasn't ready for this and I'm sorry. Okay. What was it? What's the I name? Of, I can, I can did. send you the link. What's the name of it? The episode? The Forsaken. The Forsaken. This copies the link. Do you guys like to hear the kind of. But you forgot about Odo. It's in the chat. And Morn. Well, it's the MVC. Will it be Cisco, Dax, or Kieran and Reese? It can't be Worf until season four, but there's a Brian, Bashir, and even Quark. And don't forget about Odo and Morg. What is not MVC? Give me it. <laughs> Give me it. Well, I think it's hard to say. I mean, because nothing really happens in this episode. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, no. He's on a loop. What a terrible cause and effect episode that would be. This is uh, this is embedded on StarTrek.com's website, huh? Oh, you have to download it? Wow. No, I'm just like, I was curious as to where this would be from. Where's hosting? Who's hosting this? There we go. For the new species. Its purpose is unknown. From Reactor 2 has just been shut down. What? Its power is unstoppable. Whatever it is, it's slowly disabling our station. And its first victim is Odo. You happen to know the schedule of his regenerative cycle? My God, I have no idea. It's beginning. No one has ever seen me like this before. On the next episode of Star Trek in Space Nine. Another <laughs> smart. They hide the ball. Oksana's only in that one shot next to Odo. <laughs> Another flame in the hallway episode. You forgot about Odo. (laughs) Give me it. So great. Thank you all very much. But mostly thank you to all of our musical listeners. My nipples. Do it. Do it. Do, 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 Do it. Three lemonades. Ray Ovantica is my name. You've got great links to survive, Vantica. It's okay. 
Well, it's the MVC. Will it be Cisco, Dax, or Kira Reese? It can't be Worf until season four, but there's a Brian, Bashir, and even Quark. And don't forget about Odo oh, no. and more. What is not MVC? Give me it. It's engaged. Give me it.